Holman, welcome to Banks Power to the conference room. Uh, I've been walking around here since you were on the phone talking to customers and uh, (laughs) found myself wondering... uh, for some reason, Gail has this weird thing where he trusts me wandering aimlessly around his uh, campus mm-hmm. here. And uh, I think you're a trustworthy guy. Uh, well, I mean, I, I stumbled into this one dark room that was full of engines. Okay. Yeah. And then I stumbled. Be careful what you talk about. Uh, and I stumbled into this other uh, area uh-huh. who had vehicles. Okay. And I, and I walked by this other area, and there was rooms. Just don't the one that's uh, in this corner over here that I'm pointing at, the big one, the heavy vehicle. Oh, the military. I oh, I just we had just to bleep gonna, that out. I was gonna say you're gonna bleep it anyway. I just did. Hey, you should. Uh, we should talk about how Banks is making a oh no for the military. I can't. I just had to bleep all that out. Well, okay. How about we talk about how the super turbo Duramax is uh-huh. in the dino cell. Well, that we can talk about. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't care. <laughs> I only want to talk about things we can't talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the, uh, the place the place is there. Are a lot it, of engines, aren't there? It's crawling with Duramax engines. Uh-huh. They're, they're coming out of every orifice and mm-hmm. uh, and and crack of light. You know, you walk around the outside. Normally, at buildings, you would see like some ivy working its way through a crack in the wall. No, there's a Duramax manifold that's sticking through. And uh, although I did see some, um, <clears throat> uh, how can I say this? Um, you can say that we have some eco diesel engines. What's it say? Is it a was it six thirty T? Yes, six. Yeah, the bank six thirty T. You just can't say where they're at, or you what can't they're say in? what they're in. Okay, what they're connected to. Hmm. Well, that's going to make talking about them really hard. <laughs> you can just say that they're here. Okay, well, they're here. So yeah. I, I wandered around Banks, and uh, I don't know. I wandered, I've, I've made it back into the conference room where we have uh, previously recorded. Um, this is going to be, thank you, Mr. Gail Banks. This is going to be our podcast studio home for probably the next two to three episodes until the uh, <clears throat> pod shed uh, gets up and running. And what's funny is there's no one here. It's you and I. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to have to pause. Mm-hmm. And go call the alarm company and tell them I'm working late. I heard you yodeling when I walked in. That wasn't me. Then somebody else is here. There's a ghost. There's absolutely somebody. Yeah. Else. Oh, that's right. You saw Matt Gamble, who we had yeah. on the show. He yeah. was exiting. Yeah. You were on a call, and he and I talked about uh, soundproofing walls. He w- is working late on a project, the one that we can't talk Which about, he the one that's out there. Yeah, he wouldn't divulge that information. Oh, he wouldn't elaborate, really? No. I said, what are you doing here? And he goes, <laughs> and then he looked at the ground. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. something there. That guy has been putting in some serious, serious hours. He's uh, one of our engineers. He's the guy that, he was on the show. You know, we, we sold yeah. him from Edelbrock. Yeah. And he came here to build a race truck to go to Pikes Peak. Uh-huh. And now he's building and other stuff. Now he's, can we say things? No, I don't think you can say that. No, I, think I just you, bleep myself I out. I think you have to yeah. bleep that. I don't th- I'm pretty sure that that's not allowed yeah. either. Yeah, yeah, I can't I think say we that. should move away from that part of the thing. And, okay. Uh, hey, all right. Uh, I don't know if you saw on my socials at Sean P. Holman, but uh, I've been uh, busy. I've been a busy little beaver lately. You're talking about building the uh, studio behind your house. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, building the studio. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, by the way, massive, like, I think they call it an atmospheric river hitting Southern California right now. Podshed, totally dry. 
Really? Double checked it today. Not one leak in the whole thing. I'm feeling good. Oh, that's great. I'm feeling really good. Because we're going to have electronics in there. Uh, a lot of electronics. And so that's that thing is is good. We've got uh, our friend Rich coming out to help out next week. To, from Holdaway Construction. From Holdaway Construction up in uh, Hollister. He's going to, one of our very first listeners, he's going to come down and help uh, hang drywall and things like that. I've had a couple of contractor buddies who have helped me do the electrical and the installation so far to uh, make it a lot easier for when Rich comes down. So mm-hmm. to maximize his time. So yeah, so I got the, uh, the podcast studio. Uh, and then if you guys saw, obviously, Truck Famous is uh, up and running. And then I launched Use for Adventure Incorporated. And what is that company so going to do? That is my, uh, it's basically the S-Corp that owns Truck Famous that owns the podcast. That's a shell corporation <laughs> owning a shell corporation. No, no. It's <laughs> That's com- something you see in like a bad, no, uh, it's, it's uh, completely legit. It's like a gangster movie. No, no, no. So the because it wholly owns it, it pays the S-Corp, the S-Corp pays me. Right. That's how I get, that's, that'll be my paycheck. Yeah. I wrote this little boilerplate. I posted it up on LinkedIn. I posted it up on uh, on my socials. And dude, my phone's been ringing off the hook. So how do I'm, you have I'm gonna, the time to do I'm going to read this. this to you. And I want you to tell me if you would hire me. Okay, sure. All right. Use for Adventure Inc. is an automotive freelance and consulting business specializing in the truck and off-road market. Principal Sean P. Holman has over 20 years of automotive editorial experience to pull from and is ready to assist you with your next project. From OE vehicle programs and aftermarket new products to trail planning and guiding bespoke backcountry trips, Use for Adventure Inc. is positioned to offer valuable customer insights, advice, and expertise in the off-road and truck space. Other services include writing, hosting, voiceover work, panel moderation, marketing, and business strategy, and distilling complex topics into something that could be understood by your everyday consumer. I'd give you about a 94. Yeah! About a 94. It's got, it. There's just some, a few words I would change to make them right. uh, spice it up a little bit. Um, the only thing you don't tell me there is that you, you say that what you can do, but not... What not I can't do? I'm no, not t- no, no, what you have done. Yeah, this is, this is not about uh, the past. I also don't like the word business in there. I think uh, it's still a business. Yeah, it is a business, but you don't need to say it in that. Mm, interesting. Well, I've had a very, very good response, and now I'm hoping I don't have too much on my plate because then I also did a third thing, and uh, I am uh, mm, there's a new magazine coming out in the off-road space that everybody here, if you loved my previous magazine, is this the one that I saw love- go through the mail yep. slot called OVR? Yes. So All right. Uh, a little background on that. The guys that started Recoil Magazine and therefore started Concealment Off-Grid, if you guys love those magazines, uh, hugely successful. Also launched one called Geek, and I believe it was Inc. back in, at, at my previous employer uh, long ago. Uh, Recoil got sold. They went with it, and then they eventually left and went out on their own. Uh, they also uh, started another magazine, and this one is called OVR, Off-Road Vehicle recreation and so it's all about uh the lifestyle of overlanding off-roading gear reviews destinations the doing of it the lifestyle aspect of it uh and they have uh, offered me a, a minority interest to come aboard and uh, i took them up on that so i'll be a, a part owner in that so looking for uh, if you guys are going how can i support you well if you love off-roading and magazines there'll be both a print and digital version and there's also a website go to ovrmag.com and the uh, we're also going to be hosting a podcast uh, tab on there where you'll be able to see our podcasts uh, and listen directly from that website as well. So hopefully we reach a new audience of, of people. So, yeah. But that's so far out of our wheelhouse. You think 
Off-roading? I'm, be, I'm being sarcastic. Is, it's, yeah. it's exactly in our wheelhouse. Right. I mean, uh, you know, I think there's some stuff that we do that, you know, like the lowered custom truck stuff that might not be a perfect match. Sure. But I mean, we talk about enough stuff. No, no, no. Everyone takes lowered Mavericks off-road. <laughs> well, that would be fun. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so those are my uh, my three ventures right now. Uh, minority stake in uh, OVR Mag. Uh, and then also... Uh, used for adventure and then also truck famous in the podcast so congrats things are just like happening the way they're supposed to lining up yeah except except for the bill i have to pay later that'll that'll be stiff it's it's uh yeah you talk about risk in this uh this episode's about entrepreneurial ship and we talk about uh uh, risk going in as a business owner and stuff and i'm i'm feeling that i'm definitely feeling that right now so what Holman's getting at is we're going to be checking in with a guy named Hamza Dayef. And uh, I think I'm screwing up his last name. I'm, I'm almost positive. But Hamza is the CEO and founder of a company called Phoenix, spelled F-E-N-I-E-X. And they make LED lights, strobe lights, things like that. There are a lot of lighting suppliers you can go to, but I don't think many have a story like his. So it'll make a lot more sense when we get into it, but I, I'm pretty excited. I've been following his career for, since I found out about the company and he's a young entrepreneur that's got a great story. So we'll uh, check in with Hamza shortly, uh, but first we want to thank Nissan with whom we wouldn't be at Banks. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like we wouldn't be sitting here doing this show without Nissan. Is that because Nissan brought me here and is taking us home? A little bit of that, yes. <laughs> Nissan did provide you with a brand new titan xd platinum reserve which we uh deflowered last by the, night <laughs> by the way with chili dogs by the way yeah. i i'm gonna tell you right now the audio quality in this room is completely way worse than the titan xd that's true i was listening to it well, there's like, a conference room I, I get it but i was listening well, there's pegboard we were in a car court, court and, while behind you we were in a car while it was raining yeah and it was still better. And it was than still this. better than this i couldn't believe it when i was listening to the the playback i'm like the audio is actually really good it's just, it goes to show you how quiet that truck is. And uh, yeah, thanks. Well, so about that truck, the, the, this particular Platinum Reserve, when you close the door, it is not the tin can that you hear on other trucks where they go cling. This is... Nope, it has a nice, quiet... It's just yeah. that that you'd expect from a hundred plus thousand dollar vehicle. Thump. And it's only a fraction of that cost. That's true. Hey, if uh, you're looking for a Nissan, you can go to the uh, Nissan Drive at Home program. So you can go uh, to the website, nissanusa.com, and you can use Drive at Home to schedule a test drive online, and they will bring the vehicle that you're looking at right to your house, and then you don't have to visit the dealer. But of course, you can visit the dealer. And uh, and of course, we uh, highly recommend the Titan and Titan XD and the five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and of course, the mid-sized Nissan Frontier, nissanusa.com. What if I told you, Holman, that the... Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Hold on. I'm looking in the corner here, and I yes. see just the tip. <laughs> just the tip? <laughs> those are, Actually, three of those them are, are just Banks the tip. Exhaust tips. Yes, what if I told you that the one on the left and the one on the right both have multiple patents? Uh, I see the intercooling on the tip in the middle. Well, that's guessing... not ours. That's the competition. Oh, really? Yeah, and oh, that, right, that, that, that cooling... I have to go hold yours. Hold so, on. So, check it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sliding away All right. here. Listen to that echo. If I was in the back seat of a Titan XD, it would sound as dead as can be. Yeah. All right. I have a Banks oval exhaust tip in my beard. That is called a sidekick tip, sir. Okay, so sidekick. So this yes. is a slash cut oval Banks tip. That's right. It looks like it's somewhere around uh, five inch, six inch. Uh, so it's a five inch inlet, mm-hmm. right? That's the yep. size, of the size of the tubing. It's six, but, but that's about seven inches across in the outlet. 
But six tall. And it's slash cut. Yeah, so this is an oval with a flat top and a flat bottom. Weird, huh? And why do I want this? Why do I care, Lightning? Because that evacuates. It scavenges exhaust. Get, grab the one on the right in the corner. Yep. So this is the same except even larger. All right, you see the inlet, which is where it connects to the pipe right there? Okay. Now, the curve at which it gets larger in size... Uh huh. That curve is part of the patent. I can't say much about it, but it's rocket nozzle technology. Why do Why do you care about rocket nozzle technology it on your cool. exhaust pipe? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's a diesel pickup truck, and it's after the DPF, so it doesn't add a whole lot of sound. It makes a little lower rumble, but you care because it scavenges exhaust. That is a zero back pressure tip, my friend. That means that not only is does it reduce the back pressure after the DPF, it helps draw exhaust out a couple psi less at the tip of the exhaust can mean a lot more at the turbo so that means better fuel economy and more power with a banks monster exhaust with sidekick tip so where do i go to find out if uh, there's an application for my truck bankspower.com type in your year make and model the truck show we're gonna show you what we know we're gonna answer what the truck the truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman all right hold on you forgot to tell everybody Season two. Oh, yeah. Episode two. Season two. Episode two. Uh, do we own season one? Uh, no. So we should probably <laughs> let people oh, know. Oh, did that fall uh, apart? I No, it's, uh, those are owned by... Uh, are those ongoing, the negotiations? I, I am working on a licensing deal that will allow us to keep our previous 267 episodes up, but it won't be in perpetuity. So if you love the back catalog, listen you now. should listen to it now because at some point, it could be six months, could be a year, we're still finalizing some tomorrow. details. No, it won't be tomorrow. Okay. We're, uh, we'll have a, uh, we're working on a licensing agreement, so you guys can still enjoy the back catalog. But uh, we're forward looking here, season two, episode two mm-hmm. of the uh, Truck Show podcast. Oh, this season is way better than the last season. Than the last so, five? Oh yeah. Holy mackerel, I wish we owned the last 260 <laughs> episodes we don't what you know listen all right but let me just leave it with this mm-hmm. motor trend on my exit has been incredibly gracious uh in the way that they handled uh everything Dude, I, I in all it, honesty so I, I didn't i didn't work for motor trend okay i am a contractor and i will say god's honest truth they have treated holman really well through this i have n- no ill will i think it's i do think it's a great company i'm sad to see this part of their operation kind of dissolve and them reorganize. But I will say that it's, they've been nothing but kind to me. Yeah, and it's it's same here. So uh, they, uh, they gave me... I, uh, although I do wish we owned our back catalog. Well, they gave me the opportunity to own the podcast. So that's huge just in and of itself right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're willing to negotiate to, to, you know, listen, I don't keep all my old four-wheeler stories when I leave. Just like if you work for Boeing and you write a patent for them, 
you don't get to take your patent on the way out. So I get it. That's just business. That's typical for a media company, but the fact that they're willing to work with us so that we can maintain as much of the back catalog as possible or I keep it up for a while so that you guys can enjoy it until whenever the time is. But just a heads up, it won't be forever. So uh, we're, we're looking forward. So tell your friends, get them to listen, and let's get as many uh, new uh, listeners as we can on uh, season two. All right. Do you want to shift gears and talk about lighting? I, uh, I would love to do that. All right. This is where you dial Mr. Hamza Daef, CEO of Phoenix Industries. wonder if he's at the gym. It's Hamza. Hamza, it's Lightning and Holman from the Chart Show Podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Hey, doing good, sir. How about you? We are absolutely amazing now that we have you on the phone because you're the world's hardest CEO to track down. Man, as long <laughs> as you think that, then I'm I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, we uh, we could have got a hold of uh, Bill Gates easier than uh, tracking down the man behind <laughs> Phoenix. Man, I appreciate that, sir. I hey, appreciate that. All right, so you got uh, Lightning and Holman. There's two of us, and we have a quick intro to play, so don't move. Hang tight. You got what it. Does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. And don't let anyone tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry, there will always be another crappy job. This is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Now, Hamza, everyone gets a silly jingle, so they're all different. And yours is how to be an entrepreneur, basically. And it's saying there's always going to be another crappy job. Not if you're successful. Not if you're successful. Not if you're on his trajectory. But so you need to know the backstory, Hamza. Uh, So this is Lightning speaking. I work at Banks Power during the day. And before that... he wants to yell at people through a PA. Well, we'll get to that. Hold on. We'll get to that. That's (laughs) the whole thing, right? Okay. So my backstory is I spent 25 years in radio, and then I went to go work for Gail Banks, who does uh, performance parts for diesel pickups and other stuff. And then Mr. Sean Holman across the desk from me, he's been in uh, automotive journalism for almost the same amount of time, 20 plus years. Oh, very cool. And I have always wanted and always followed strobe light technology and just strange things that my friends thought I was wacky for enjoying, right? And PA systems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Duramax Rhino, DMAX Rhino out of San Diego, and he's been on the show a bunch of times and he's become actually a friend of mine. And he was installing, this is a couple of years ago, installing some equipment on one of his lifted show trucks. And he put in Phoenix and I had never heard of phoenix and then he did kind of an expose on the shop down there i want to say escondido somewhere on the san diego way and they were iep and i'm trying to remember what that stood for oh international emergency products and they were they're one of your retailers and he knew everything about all the SKUs and all that and i was learning as you would want a youtuber to teach i was i was soaking it all up and then i did some research found myself on your website found myself on your team page found myself on your LinkedIn, and now all of a sudden, I'm a stalker. And I'm like, okay, this is getting a little creepy. I know too much about Hamza. Is that why you've been leaving me alone lately? Uh, yeah, a little oh, bit. Okay. And so it's I been did, refreshing, by the way. I, I, wa- I watch one of your videos, and you basically tell all about all the trials and tribulations that you, not only you as a person, but the company has gone through. And mm-hmm. after, I, I'm not going to spoil the whole story, because I want you to tell some of that to our listeners now, but 
everything about the whole story was fascinating. What you make was fascinating and the story and how you got there was fascinating. That's how I arrived at trying to track you down. And you're like, who are these two <laughs> schmucks from a truck podcast trying to get me on the, tr-? like, what is this all about? No, Lightning, I appreciate that, man. I think you give me way too much credit. You and my mom do, so I, I'm I'm very appreciative <laughs> of that. So thank you, thank you. you know, but in you know, and 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 success obviously is a, it's I I still I believe it's a very subjective term, you know, and it means something different to each person. So uh, you know, from a successful standpoint, um, I'm just I'm I'm blessed that my idea of business uh, was was a good one. It had a purpose. Uh, I had the necessary resources, the right people around me, the right time. Right. I entered this industry during the rise between uh, the rise of LED technology, the transition from strobe and halogen bulbs to LED. So my timing of industry penetration was was good. So there's a lot of factors to play into that. And uh, through a lot of hard work, good people, good decisions and overcoming a tremendous amount of failure. We're here and we're standing. You know, I'm really, I'm very, very proud of it. So, where do we want to go? What do we want to do from here? And we have a lot of dreams, man. Lightning. It's a there. There's a we're we're very ambitious, all of us. I can't. I cannot. I am not where I am today without the good quality people that trusted and believed in me from 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 the beginning. Maybe that's the uh, key to success that we're lacking is we have nobody who believes in us. Uh, well, <laughs> well I, mean, I, I don't think that's entirely true. We have thousands now, of listeners. But now, did yeah, you did you talk about Phoenix and who? No, yeah, so, so let's, no, let's I jumped listener, right into right, Hamza as an entrepreneur. Now they're listening right now, going Lightning. We don't know who you're talking to. Sure, so, so let's the, help them out there. So the backstory is, I love their slug line. Phoenix, by the way, we need to get into the spelling because it's not spelled Phoenix like you, the band that does 1901, right. the pop song. And it's not the spelled like the bird either, right? It's it's F-E-N-I-E-X, which I'll want Hamza to explain in a minute. A manufacturer of innovative American-made products for the world's toughest jobs. Lights, sirens, communication, and more. They do stuff for police, fire, towing, construction, the list goes on. It's, it's a weird niche thing, I think. Uh, yep. But we have so many listeners that are in construction. We're about to build a new podcast studio, for example. And uh, Rich Holdaway, one of our construction guys, his trucks are, you know, have LED lighting and such. The amber things you need, right, at a construction site. We have a lot of police. We have fire. We have everyone. So I think that we will find listeners that have something. Uh, they'll be interested in your product line. Well, and I think everybody who's listening is always inter- you know, interested in a good entrepreneurial story because we've got a lot of guys out there who uh, own their own business or want to take the job. And so I think every time we have somebody like you on who has that track record of going out on their own, um, it's inspiring, especially to uh, a guy like myself who just went out on my own after 25 years. So I, uh, I'm i in the same yeah. same boat. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. uh, Sean, who's sitting, motor, uh, sitting across from me, has just left Motor Trend after 20 <laughs> some odd years and has started wow. up Truck Famous and now owns this podcast. So that's a whole nother story. But Hamza, take us back. You started another company, Speedlights? Speed tech. Speed tech. Okay. Yeah. Speed tech lights. Yeah. It's a, it's a similar industry, right? It's the same industry, just different market. Um, going back a little bit, I always wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a police officer or a firefighter. Uh, it was, I wanted to be in the emergency response sector. There was something about that. So I went to UT, I ran track and field there, and our track stadium was on the edge of this intersection. And th- during track and track practice, I used to watch the off the police officers and fire trucks blow through this intersection. 
I was fascinated by it, man. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Right. These are real life superheroes that exist and, and look at them just conquering the road and, and and going to save somebody's life. Right. In our industry, our products show up on the worst day of somebody's life. And uh, and and the idea that we can be there and help and make that that situation just a little bit better is very fulfilling, and very rewarding. Now, my father, I called him up at you. I was at UT one day and I said, hey, dad, I know what I want to be. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sophomore junior here at UT now. I want to be a firefighter or a police officer. My father told me, you know what? That's rewarding. That sounds great. But, but. <laughs> but find a way to provide for your family incredible financial security. And those jobs, as rewarding as they are, may not necessarily give you that. So my dad was a software engineer for 25 years. He stayed with the same company nearly wow. two decades, Abbott Laboratories, a software engineer. And then he was laid off during the telecommunication bust and struggled to, to, to find a job during some really tough economical periods, right? 2008, just a little bit before that. So there, was, there were challenges, and he really, really focused in on financial stability and security for our family. Um, and that was a big thing. And I said, you know what? I want to buy some of these lights. I think they're the coolest thing ever. So as a college student, I bought a couple of flashing lights, put them in my car. Thought it was, I thought it was the coolest guy ever. I, obviously, it probably wasn't the best thing to have some flashing lights in my my car at that time. So I <laughs> Lighting, to, <laughs> lighting. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. There's some of us yep. that don't yep. care, but yes, all right. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you know, these and these were just white lights, right? I just, okay. I, I got these white flashing lights that I thought was re- really cool. So. I had them in my vehicle, had them, I, you know, I thought I was the coolest guy ever. Don't, don't, well, hold on, Tom, don't gloss over. What, what car or truck was it? It was a, it was a Toyota Camry. Okay. Uh, a Which gold-y. totally blends in as a police car or a construction vehicle <laughs> or an ambulance. Completely right, was, right in there. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was just for some reason I, 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 I love the industry. I love the, the product type. I knew lighting systems that, that made, gave some element of warning, Right to to people out there, and I thought it was I thought it was one of the coolest things ever. But you know, I was a poor college kid. I had eight dollars in my bank account. You know, I I I, I would pull up to deck in the box every now and then at night, and think, God, one day I'll be wealthy enough to to pull up to to this restaurant and buy anything it is I desire. You know, so understanding what it's like to be hungry, going two days at times as a collegiate athlete with no food, because at that time you can't really work. Don't want to ask parents for money. Don't really have another job. It was it was tough. It was a it was really really tough. He's just thinking so, of the the two taco combo. He's like, if I you can just get <laughs> the two taco combo with a small fry and the medium drink, it's a yeah, home run. But look at him today, me, right? He can go for a large yeah. combo now. <laughs> <Yeah, he can. laughs> Thanks, and a drink too. You know, it's not wait, hold on. We, I, I know you're yeah. down in uh, in Texas. We we have yeah. to ask. Oh yeah, we do. In and out or Whataburger. Oh, Whataburger, man. No! No, no, no. Wrong answer. <laughs> no, seriously. So here's no. the thing. What, no. Whataburger used no. to be amazing until they got bought up or their new corporate overlords, and now they're not. And I, all my Texas friends, I go down yeah. to Texas quite a bit, they're always giving me a hard time. They're like, oh, blah, blah, in and out. And I'm like, let me ask you this. 
why does Whataburger have no cars in the drive-thru and In-N-Out has a line around the block, right? Okay, it blows. That's, that's why. It freaking point. blows. <laughs> that's a valid point, man. That really is. Yeah. But I mean, Whataburger gives you the three chicken strips, you know, with gravy and stuff. I don't think I mean, that's, do that. that's solid. It's free it's, because they can't sell it. <laughs> it's not worth anything. Come on now. No, I love it, man. I love it. It's, a, it's such, a, such a valid point. You, know? you have been to In-N-Out, right? And if not, we'll take yeah, you to yeah. when you're in. Okay, all right. Well, well the thing is, the thing is, I grew up in Dallas. I lived there for nearly 18 years before I went to school in Austin. Um, and I went to UT in two, from class of what, 2005 to 2010. A lot of Waffle House in my, your uh, life yeah, at late yeah, nights. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that, that's really true. But my dad uh, found a temporary job while I was in high school. It was sophomore and junior year of high school in North Carolina, and we moved there to go to. We moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I went to school there. And I think In and Out. That's I mean that's what it was all about. You know, I think uh, so. I don't think they had a Whataburger in in in, in North Carolina. No, nope, not so, that not that far uh, east. Yeah. But no, I, I get the I get the love and passion for it, man. It's great, you know. And when you're when you're a starving college kid, man, anything was good. And Jack <laughs> was was definitely yeah. was definitely my thing. So, but, but ultimately, I sold out that, that light. I, I got on eBay, I listed it. Um, I said, hey, you know, uh, red and blue. Uh, sorry, uh, white. You know, flashing light. And my phone was blowing up that that day. Uh, cops, you construct. Anyone was calling me wanting that light. And I remember thinking, wow, there's there's a business here. So I stripped it apart, found the manufacturer part number inside the product, Googled it, found the factory in China, emailed them. Hey, can I buy 10 of these? You know, um, what would be my price? And wow, that's much less than I thought. Called up my dad. Dad, can I borrow 800 bucks? I want to, I want to sell these lights that I, that I, I probably shouldn't be owning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, moving the, move the hot goods. Right. <laughs> yeah. And when he he lent me eight hundred bucks, and I lived in the track and field stadium uh, at uh, the, the track and field team room because I couldn't afford a computer, and I made a website and I managed my eBay listings and all that. And man, fast forward seventeen years later, and two corporations and what nearly a, a quarter billion dollars in products sold since then. It's it's been a yeah. That's it's been a, a, it's I mean, been you don't have to rub it in. Well, man. <laughs> well, uh, but, uh, but hold on, you can't. You're, you're like Hamza. You're not allowed yeah. to just gloss over those years, and we're not going to spend an hour talking about it. But I will say that, like, so you, so you, you get the eight hundred dollars. You, you buy the parts, you put it together, and you put up a store on eBay. So my, and how, how by the way, you, my, my parents are awesome, and they, uh, you know, when I've ever needed a loan, they've come through. Sure, been, right, and 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 parents will do that for you. But That's don't you right. when when you're starting something out, don't you have a little bit of guilt? And you're like. I hope I hope they believe in me enough to give me, and then they give you the money because they're like you're. They believe in you, and then you walk away. You're yeah. like, I hope I don't let them down now. <laughs> yeah, amen, well, amen. Well, I mean. how did that become a, a legitimate like online thing? In the, the 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 windows of opportunity and and business or in life um, are not sometimes that obvious. You know, they come to you in in, in tiny. Uh, uh, and and sometimes micro views, right? You and you you look for them and you you give that a shot because it's not like wow, I sold this product and it, I made money off of it. I mean, I made a little bit of money, but when I started buying these products from Asia, well, some of the very first lights I sold, I only made, I think I bought them for about fifty bucks, and I was selling them at one point for fifty five dollars, minus the <laughs> oh, eBay wow. fees. Well, that's minus no the, margin. No, but for it was it was. 
I told my mom this when I called her up when she told me similar things. I said, Mom, if I made one dollar on every light that I sold, I will sell a hundred lights to make a hundred dollars. And that's I valued money. I valued the value of that dollar. And and I push forward. Well, what can I change here? Maybe the keywords. What can I what else can I do? I can add a red filter on it. And and more and people are going to pay more for that. Wow. Okay. What what's this thing? LED LED technology. Call up the factory in China. Hey, can I buy ten of these LED ones? Boom. LED. I'm selling that for a hundred, two hundred dollars a light. Wow. That's incredible. And 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 it, it's valuing every exchange, every dollar that that really brought, that really helped me move forward. Because, man, in business, you guys know it. There's a, a million forces, some obvious, some not, that, that want to destroy you, that want to pause you, that want to that, that want to cripple an idea, and and you just have to have this blind, ridiculous ambition to just persevere and, and push forward. Were you thinking that, man, I really only have one major, because I won't say the name, but it starts with a W, like that's the only other company that I can think of that does yep. what you do. It sounds like you fell into it and you looked around and go, I really only have like, there's a bunch of Chinese competitors, right? A bunch of guys making LEDs and HIDs yeah. and whatever, but like really legitimate companies that make fire safety, lights, sirens, things like that. I, I can't count more than one or two. I know a, yeah. I know a few. But Do you? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. but that market is really uh, tight knit. Small. Yeah. Right. And, you know, cities, municipalities, people who buy the emergency equipment, the city yard, whoever, they have the relationships with the people they like to work with and the products they like to work with. Whether it's, you know, if you think about it on a police car or something, once it gets retired, all that police equipment doesn't go with the car when it gets retired. It goes to the next Amen. police car. Yep. And so they want to know the wiring schematics, how easy they are to, to, you know, repurpose on another vehicle. How long do they last? You know, how, how efficient they are. Uh, how long yeah. can your, your cop bike run its uh, lights on a car, a traffic stop without your motorcycle going, you know, uh, battery yep. going down, yep. all that stuff. And yep. uh, actually when I, you know, in, a long time ago in my past, I worked uh, at a, a police department as a civilian and went to the police academy and all that. And this was back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. So this was probably 2000. And remember, we had a company come to the police department with an LED light bar. It was the first time anybody had seen it. And we mm. put it on one car. And that car was like the test if we were going to outfit the rest of the fleet with them. And I'll never forget how freaking blindingly bright those lights were. <laughs> and back then, the, the the reds had kind of a little bit of a pinkish hue to it, and the blue yep. was a lot more brilliant than it is on, on the incandescent or the halogen yep. bulbs. But you could see that car on a traffic stop two miles down, you know, the boulevard. Whereas, you know, a, a yep. other equipment, it was it was fainter. You couldn't see. I mean, it was amazing. You're like, oh. I know which unit that is because that's the one with the LED light bar. And back then in 2000, working for a police department where your whole life surrounded, you know, the quality of lights because lights are everything you do. I mean, it's how you pull somebody over, how you exert authority, Amen. how you search for somebody, how you search for addresses, how you can keep a, a um, you know, uh, a suspect or somebody at bay by, you know, blinding them through their mirrors for the takedown light point, spot, all that stuff, right? So lights yeah. are everything to a, to a cop and to have that kind of you know technology was it, i remember and, and the, reliability the leading edge was like wow yeah. this is the future this is amazing so fat you know flash forward what 20 i guess uh, three years yeah. 24 years now and the technology i'm sure has grown incredibly since then but 
Um, yeah. it's, it's cool to see some of the stuff that you have on, on the site and, and all that, but well, thank you. going back to lighting's question, it's hard to break into a, a category that already has those relationships based, you know, or built it's, already. It's incredibly hard. And in, in, in our industry specifically, I would, I would, I would look at our market regardless of the, the, some of the innovative technology, I'd look at our market as more of an archaic industry, an archaic market. It's, it's very traditional. We, you're talking about pre-internet type um, sales models that existed, manufacturer reps, territory-based models, face-to-face sales, the good old relationship, right? When you look at it globally, I think our total market size is maybe 600 million, 600, maybe $700 million. And that, you know, you, you get kind of the big guys, the the 300 million, the 150 million guys, the, the $100 million players and so on. You know, and then we're, we're working our way up in that category. I would say we're probably maybe the maybe the fifth uh, biggest player in the space, and it's it's great to to grow to that specific point. You know, with with some of the new technology we're releasing next week, we've been working on technology for two and a half years that I believe is going to transform our industry forever, and we're launching it on uh, Wednesday at the Phoenix Summit. It's a virtual summit, and we have thousands of subscribers and people that will attend and I'm I'm really excited about it. But for the last 10 years, 12 years of Phoenix, all we've been doing is trying to chase new innovative technology because the way to capture new market share in our space and to break these traditional norms that are really really hard is with really impressive transformative technology. And when you look at the historical sales of Phoenix and and where we've been with 180 million in 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 in, in total sales since our start, that capital, where'd it go? Into new product innovation and development. Like literally, in its entirety, it went into the investment of developing your technology and your products. Uh, so it's well, it's that's been, a that's a big yeah. letdown. I hope you were uh, you're going to tell me yeah. that you bought a castle and a bunch of Lambos. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was like that. <laughs> no, well, not not even close. Well, in, in, we in Hamza, one of your videos uh, that I found online, you were detailing in in uh it almost painfully like how you went through these trials and tribulations you built lights and they failed out in the marketplace or they yeah. failed on vehicles and you had to revise them and you had you had electronic issues you had water issues you had all these yeah. and you were you were open about it you're like but we solved them all lights are hard i mean you think about yeah. these things that are are being they're never in a garage right on an emergency vehicle stuff, or maybe a fire truck they're always in the elements they're in the worst of things. You don't park an emergency vehicle on a bad day and don't take it out. You're dealing with everything from UV and dust and vibration and extreme and heat, it, extreme cold. I mean, mm-hmm. any uh, it's got to be one of the hardest products in that type of uh, you know environment to to have those sealed lights and reliability and even the little you know on the old halogens they had like a little servo motor that would go around to spin it. Well, you remove that from an LED because you can have LEDs facing different directions and you don't need to have, you know, the the the, the gumball spinning around or whatever like you did in the old days. And each of those yeah. little steps kind of gets you a little bit closer to more reliability and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, consider, consider mil-spec rating, right? Even mil-spec itself is a year, maybe maybe two years. Consider some of the most advanced uh, consumer-related products that are designed to work forever what is the average warranty on those types of products iphones and tvs 30 to a year maybe manufacturer warranty if right? you pay for it uh, yeah and, sometimes and if and if you pay for it yeah. and then along comes our industry which is 
uh, in some cases, so incredible, right? Life-saving technology, the product has to work. If it doesn't, someone can die. But on top of that, automotive grade, environmental, harsh conditions, and it's got to last for five years. That's the warranty period of our, of our products. I think our industry goes down, and I, and I mean this, it's not just a biased statement. I genuinely believe our industry goes down as one of the most difficult products and development segments that exist because of warranty duration, application, and what the products is subjected to over time. Not to mention, add the variable of amateur installation. You know, a lot of <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think the, I don't know what you're talking about. The, the, uh. the easier you can get to uh, plug and play, you yeah. know, the the better. But that's mm. not always the case. I mean, you look at uh, an emergency vehicle and the wiring system. Even if they come, even if it was meant to be an emergency vehicle from the factory, and they're pre-wired for some of it. The amount of electronics, I wanted to say somebody told me once or I read it once, like the average police car has like 25 miles of wiring in it or something ridiculous wow. like that. And yeah. and just, you know, navigating all that. And then you take a, a construction truck that was never made to be an emergency vehicle that has to be upfitted. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of variables. I was looking through the website. One of the things that caught my eye is you talked about in the early days how you had found these lights and you found the manufacturer in China and you ordered them overseas. And now on the website, you're talking about American-made products and innovation. Yep, yep. Is that part of your marketplace differentiator, number one? And then number two to the follow-up on that is what is the value of that to the business, bringing that in-house and what products are you doing? How, how does that help you sell more to you know a municipality or something like that? Man, great question, Sean. Re- really good question. So, you know, I ran with Speed Tech for I would say about four to five years. Uh, it was uh, it was the the two thousand and five, two thousand six to about two thousand and ten. And you're talking about I'm sitting in class. I'm trying to sell products. I'm 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 running track uh, track and field. I'm getting ready for for an Olympic year to to go train and compete uh, uh, both collegiately and world and on a world level. And That's a pretty awesome humble brag, by the way. Yeah, look at you, <laughs> overachiever, man. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to glue <laughs> together and see what sticks. And you know, and, know what we were doing chili. last night? Hold on a second, Hamza. <laughs> Holman and I, eating chili dogs and, and I were outside of a, Yeah, we were outside of a Wiener Schnitzel <laughs> recording a show in a Nissan Titan XD, a proud sponsor. We're eating man, Wiener Schnitzel chili dogs recording a show. Like that's how different we are. <laughs> yeah. We, man, I love it. we suck. No, that's not true. You, you, you have been an entrepreneur. No. in your past yeah. and it yes. failed and I'm an entrepreneur now oh, and, will, and will probably fail I don't know that it failed <laughs> no, I'm just not I don't own it anymore yes but it's no, still going listen to going. different episodes I, I love I love y'all show listen to different episodes online and stuff you guys you guys are great and it's it's and I love the energy you bring because you you really bring stories stories to life and it's it's been it's been a one heck of a a battle bringing this this company to life and, and bringing it forward and, and at speed tech it was I would say about four years, and I think I went from, let's see, Dad's uh, initial small investment to recycling that over and over again to uh, to perfecting an online digital algorithm of Google ad campaigns. Right? It wasn't so much just the product for Speedtech as much as it was uh, how do I create a click campaign that generates the highest amount of yield and visitors and conversion. And I created this philosophy of a seven-second rule: seven seconds on my homepage seven seconds on the product page and seven seconds in checkout. How do I maximize that? The seven by seven by seven. And I built that up to about four and a half million dollars a year in sales by our fourth year. And it was all online digital sales. And, and that sounds great. You know, I'm, I'm a college kid. I'm, 
I'm pumping out four to five million dollars a year by my fourth to fifth year, but I'm seeing a throttle. What's going on? There's got to be more potential out there. You know, I'm maximizing all these efficiencies online. I have a great, good product. Oh, this industry sells through distribution. Oh, this market is over $500 million. It's sold through regional resellers. How do I get them? None of them are going to buy a Chinese product. You know, this, I need to go innovate a true American made product that I can control its manufacturing, control its IP, and have a differentiating factor. And I can go sell to a distribution network. And I, yeah. Oh, they're clapping. Hold on. They're very enthusiastic about this. They love it. Yep. Made in America. Yeah, that, that was, Hold on. That was a push. <laughs> Hold on a second, you guys. Hey, sit guy. down. Sit down on the, the back, guy in the back. Please. Look at that guy in the back. Yeah. <laughs> really loves Phoenix lighting. Oh, yeah. Look at it. Woo! Right, I love it. I love it, man. I love it. So, and it was, it was great. I sold my shares of the company. Um, at that point, it was Speedtech began to be a little diversified with different family members and, and, and other investors and so on. But I sold my shares and I took my resources and I said, I'm going to go start this Phineax. Phineax. You know what? Let me just misspell Phoenix with the PH and see how that's, you know, <laughs> but, and it, and it worked, right? Branding is about owning the, the, the full domain name of your site. I wanted Phoenix rising from the ashes of the industry, failures and failed products and failed ideologies and philosophies. Let's build something new and great. You know, I didn't know how bad I was misspelling it. I was just making that. that yeah, you up. screwed it up pretty bad. I'm going to say. <laughs> I, like did. It's... <laughs> I did, man. You know, and by the I way, coming, hold on a second. Hold on. Hamza, coming out of like mastering SEO, search engine optimization and yep. knowing all that. And, and he, then misspelling words. And word. then here you come forcing people to not find your new company. You're like, mm, I wonder how I can start this at a deficit. Jeez. <laughs> you know, sometimes the the crazy ideas that are the are the, are the ones that somehow magically find their way into fruition. I mean, who knows? You know, but but the 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 intention there because even F E N I X is is a flashlight company. F E N I E X is not even the way you spell it. So, but the it's such a niche industry that you can pull that off because when you look at the global market of five six hundred million dollars broken up through a network of about a thousand dealers worldwide. What does that tell you? We're sitting in a market of less than half, close to half a billion, very small, divided up between a network of distribution of about a thousand people. The average business size out there is a hundred thousand dollars a year. Maybe the big guys, the really big guys, are two to three million dollars a year. Right? You're you're still dealing with small based businesses. So the the research of this market is so intense. There's what five, six, seven, really. Yeah, pro main, prominent main players. players. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I'm curious if any of those other players saw you coming and either dismissed you or tried to crush you like the cockroach that you were. Now <laughs> now has somebody tried to say, Hey, you're now you're now you're bothering you before you're just bugging us, kid, like go kick rocks. Yeah. And now they're like Dude, you're on our doorstep. You have to leave, or we're going to, I, you know, buy you out or something like I, that. I want, I want your answer, but first, I, I got to imagine this is lightning. I, I got to imagine that you have an exit strategy because you're an entrepreneur. So you either have to sell it. It's got a private equity will come in, and 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 one of those things like wheel pros buying every wheel company, or because yeah. I, 
I, I just feel like you're going to have to do it again once you build this thing yeah. up to a behemoth or or he buys a he buys the bigger fish. Oh, that'd be funny. Because that's what remember, that's what happened to my yeah. radio company it was a little radio company yeah, buying CBS one. radio. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that could happen. That's interesting. He could do it. Oh, listen to him. Yeah, he, like, he just, got LBO. Hey, right? stop talking, Lightning. He just dropped a hint. Oh, yeah, he did. All right. Hamza, <laughs> you with the correct answer. You know, you know, um, well, so so a lot of people don't know. But I, I wonder, uh, Sean, if that lighting company back, you know, years ago was 911 EP. It was one of the early, early developers of lighting technology in our space. Uh, I think it was two brothers. They 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 entered the market with some type of LED technology and, and tried to push it. And but eventually that 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 company didn't survive. A lot of change and adjustments occurred. And one of the 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 bigger guys acquired that in business. And and during my transition from Speedtech to Phoenix, one of those big companies approached me and said, "Hey, don't start another lighting company. Come here and and be president of 911 EP. We just acquired them and, and run this company." And and I, and I tinkered with that a little bit and explored the, the the thought process. And I said, you know what? This isn't really for me. I, I want to build my own enterprise. I, I, I have a vision of what I want to accomplish, and I'm going to go for it. And and over the last decade-ish, I've, I've really pushed for that. And along the way, at different milestones, when we were 20 employees, when we were uh, 40 employees, when we were 60, when we were 100, when we were 120, at different milestones, I've built relationships with some of our biggest competitors um, just about every competitor and competitors of equity firms that own our competitors. And and along the way, I've, I've been given, re, you know, respectful offers for the enterprise uh, to merge with these bigger companies, uh, to be part of another conglomerate, another industry. And, and, and I see that there, that was always an option. But I decided to go a different route. Uh, three years ago, I decided to make a, a big push. I had Phoenix was a network of about seven total investors that helped me build Phoenix and that gave me their 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 investment early on and and in 2019 early 2020 uh, I made them all an offer uh, 20 times their investment you know uh, 20x their their initial investment wow and I bought them all out every every single one of them to acquire 100% of Phoenix Industries and instead of going the route of selling the organization i decided to to make this next move and run this company on my own this is Double my down. journey yeah yeah uh, uh, loans every dollar i've generated in the history of my business uh, experience a uh, commitment to to what my vision is and to the employees and i i made a big move it took me six months to negotiate the exit of each and every one of them and it was a lot of work and a lot of emotion and a lot of thanks and appreciation and struggle and commitment. Some people thought I was crazy. Uh, my family specifically, why are you doing this? Why don't you just go sell Phoenix to one of these big enterprises and all of you guys just, you know, retire early? No, this is this is my journey. This is my push from here. Every speed tech, you guys, you know, we 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 worked our way to that point. Phoenix, a lot of people helped me, got me to this point. This is my journey from here on. So when you talk about, well, am I, am I going to sell it? It's so removed from my vision right now, what I want to accomplish. I want to transform this market. I want to, I want to see this enterprise grow. Uh, I want to see this company become a, a legacy enterprise for my f- future kids and their grandkids. I mean, there's, that's, that's what's in my mind today. And I'm mature enough to know that that can always change down the road. But for now, I'm really focused on where I'm trying to take this enterprise. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to know that leap from, 
I imported some stuff from a factory to now I'm developing and building my own stuff because that's that's a massive that's gap. a good one. That's a good one. And you're not an electrical engineer by trade. No, but I learned every conceivable facet of electrical engineering and semiconductor development, microprocessors, power regulators. I mean, I I, I had to learn how to develop an electrical system uh, and become the engine, the chief engineer of our of our company. I was my degree was in uh, was in uh, kinesiology, um, more sports <laughs> medicine. Okay. So it was a it was definitely a push. Um, you know, as I was building Speedtech, you know, I. At college wasn't necessarily it, it became second to where I wanted to go and I just I graduated with whatever degree I was able to get I eventually changed majors to youth and adolescent development in the College of Education at UT so you know I could always be a PE teacher if this doesn't work out but you know the focus <laughs> the focus for me was really how do I how do I how do I build this business and I learned that I had to become a, a finance expert in capital management right long-term investment how do you grow an enterprise to, to, to tens of millions of dollars with such minimal capital investment, right? What, what partnerships do you need? How do you engineer and develop products on a mechanical level? What, what's the composite of polycarbonate, the right balance to prevent UV degradation a while being strong enough for, for clamping with such tight force for waterproof sealing, right? Just everything contradicted itself. How do you push the boundaries of, of, light performance while managing thermal performance in the smallest light package that the industry can accept right and then go multicolor with that go quad color with that it was, and also make sure a, there's enough heat output so they can melt snow yeah, yeah exactly that's what it is that's the, that's always the the byproduct of it you know we always tell everyone's got a it's got a built-in snow uh, uh, defroster. See, lightning? Know, no. Well, that, okay, so unless you listen to the last couple episodes, you don't know that I've been, uh, guys are bitching and moaning about that the new vehicles that have LED headlights won't light, won't melt snow. And I go, dude, you guys oh, are relying on, well, because guys are buying cars and trucks in Alaska, Minnesota, yeah. whatever. Uh, and, it, and, and they got used to the last 20 years of their halogen lamps melting snow. So, but that was never the intent. Oh they, God! They here we go. Light, light, lightning's already lighting. lost this in the <laughs> so, court of so, our audience. I, he's I trying know to... that, but like, so I'm uh, here. I am going, guys. You're gonna have to figure it out because no. you're gonna have to yeah. no. put a coil. Yeah, LED uh, lights from the fa- from yeah. most factories have a heating element in they them, do. or some do, or the heat sink is designed in a way where the heat goes forward yeah. to melt the lens. Lightning thinks it's just a byproduct, and once you put LEDs, you just well, it's snowing. You can't see. I'm like, no. Well, it doesn't but work it's that up way. to the consumer, yeah. right? No, I it's mean, up it's to the manufacturer the, the, to provide a safe vehicle. Uh, the, well, yeah, I, I understand to the manufacturer of the vehicle, <laughs> but, but not the lighting is. guy. This is how the guy who divides the guy who de- who develops. You lost the, the argument. Now you're going to get more emails. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you're just over trying this to rant. rub it off. No, I, I. It's like it's not the lighting guy's job. Listen, the grand jury has already spoken. You've been indicted. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm going to jail just, be, just because you're on the courthouse steps. I'm going to listen you to jail on your soapbox. Doesn't make it any different. <laughs> Man, we should. You guys should sit in some of our round tables when, when we have our engineering discussions on new product concepts and philosophies and advancements the question that always comes about is where do you draw the line of what the consumer uh, is willing to pay for a product and what functions and security and safety features are needed in that product to ensure its reliability and who's at fault right well okay here, here's a, the simplest one of all time reverse polarity protection red and red and black right well do we pay uh four dollars and fifty cents on every light bar and add an internal circuit protection that allows for reverse polarity protection to occur or do you not 
and you and you eat the you, warranty you, cost. Yeah, you reduce cost of goods by four hundred thousand dollars a year, and you just tell the customer, "Hey, clearly this is your fault. You forgot <laughs> to do it. You should have followed the instructions." You know, and the the product doesn't work anymore. Who's so take that simplest philosophy and apply it to so many different other. Take it all the way to like a to, podcast. To we elements. we decide not to pay for the reverse polarity uh, right. safety feature here, <laughs> and uh, you have to listen at your own discretion. Now. I think the answer yeah. to that one. So that that this is interesting because that guys, equation. So banks makes electronic products. Absolutely, so that's something you guys talk about so here. So we have we have there's 17 electrical engineers that work in this place. So wow. that equation changed a decade ago or more. There was a shift, and I want to see if Hamza, if you agree with this. There was a time that the consumer would buy an electronic device, and it might work a year, two years, three years, or maybe he buys it, he wires it incorrectly, it blows up, it fails. What does that consumer do? That consumer contacts the manufacturer, or he writes an angry letter, and and he puts it in an envelope, and he mails it off, or maybe he contacts the Better Business Bureau. What were his recourses? That, That was it today. Within 30 seconds of, of reversing he's the polarity and, melt, you all and over melting the internet. it, he's destroying you on <laughs> yeah. Facebook, even and though Instagram. it was his problem. Yeah. So now yeah. you have to bend over backwards and it costs you. So that light bar you maybe sold for 400 bucks. Now, not only do you have to give him a new one because he's blasted you, you now have to spend an extra $1,500 on Facebook ads to overcome the negative effects that he's had in destroying you on a particular group. So it costs you so much more money than just to put in that $4 safety feature. So just yeah. bake it in, suck it up, and and the and today the customer wins. Well, I think I think in yeah. in business today, for those reasons, the fact that wildfire spreads way faster than it ever has in the past is it you does. always err on the side of uh, customer happiness, protect them from themselves, but then protect your business from those <laughs> by protecting them. Right. So I mean, it may cost a little more for to do that. For that sure. four fifty is yeah. cheap insurance for what could be a massive headache uh, at some point. Is that what you found, Hamza? Amen. Amen. I mean, you guys are touching on some some really fascinating points. Like, look at the modern era that we're in from a social media standpoint. We're in this cancer culture philosophy, uh, era where where news can spread really fast. And if you make a mistake as a brand, an individual or a corporation, you can get obliterated and you can destroy 100 years of, of a development in a very short period of time. Isn't that right? weird so, that you could not crazy. make a mistake as a company? It's 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 pretty it's pretty wild and and it, it really is and you you have to be very careful and and that could be in the products that, that you develop so what do you what do you add right and its simplest form a halogen bulb didn't need reverse polarity protection on under DC current 12 volts re- re- reverse it either way I mean the bulb is going to light current flows through the coil and it and illuminates add these other features and this new technology and this this thing can do this and this can do that and it can regulate and then it can adjust and bright uh, eventually you needed more complex electronics which adds characteristics such as reverse polarity protection and many other ones thermal shutoff right overheat protection the list goes on and on which who is responsible who who's who who takes the the cost uh, of that investment and the truth of the matter is that's research and development that's sitting in a round table and having this conversation put aside all of that the cancer culture, the innovative steps of new product development, and add now the element of education. Me and the team, we sat down, my executive team, this was last week. We, we're launching this new product. We have millions of dollars invested in it, and it's R&D. We think it's going to transform the industry. We did a risk um, 
a risk management list, right? We we said, okay, what is our risk management plan if these things happen? What if somebody hacks the database? Okay, one. What if somebody? What what if this supplier, this critical supplier, is not able to? Okay, you know the number one <laughs> item on our list that we extrapolated. We said this actually is the greatest risk this product faces. It wasn't supply chain. It wasn't hacking, right? It wasn't. It was. What if the customer did not understand the product? Customer knowledge, <laughs> right? That, that, <laughs> I believe that uh, my it. man Lightning here uh, deals with that on a regular basis. Yep, that happens <laughs> a lot. Is. Yeah, yeah. What if the customer doesn't get it? You know, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh, we need an education landing page. We got to inform them within, within 60, 30 seconds of what this does and how it functions. We got to add the value. How do you break up something that can transform an industry and a company into two, two or three bulletin points? Can that is that enough? You know, and, and the list goes on and on. So yeah, product knowledge, how to use it. That's a that's a big one. That's that's your customer reviews. That's the challenge of innovative technologies. Uh, the rule of uh, the, the the law of diffusion of innovation, right? You guys know about it. Simon Sinek touches touches on it possibly. In order for a new a company to take on a mass market, you have to sell a product to the early adopters three to five percent of the global market are the ones who will touch a new technology and then if they like it it passes on and moves on to the next 10 percent the early adopters then the early majority the late majority and then eventually at the tail end of it the 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 really old senior citizen guys that are still using rotary phones you know they're they're the end of the the chain. Yo, so, this up. <laughs> you know, you, you you're catering to this early group. You have to educate them. You have to make sure you 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 put in the right necessary protection and the the dummy proof solutions. You got to pay for that. You got to make sure you have it because these guys don't mess around. They're the ones who stood in line and waited and camped out at the iPhone store waiting on somebody waiting to get the first phone. You know, uh, that was me for many, many, many years. Yeah. Really? yeah, no, well, Holman is a total Apple Homer for sure. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. What I, was it like? What was that experience? It was like? actually, you know what? I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, it was kind of awesome. The community. Wow. So it's not the same today because the advances aren't leaps and bounds each generation. Okay. Yeah, more so, so now I keep my phone for two or three years rather than doing it every year like I did in the beginning. Uh, same yeah. thing with the iPad. I remember one of them was the uh, the iPad came out and I was on a business trip in Washington and I went early in the morning and stood in line at the Apple store to grab my wow. my iPad there and uh, and went to a business meeting after grabbing my iPad and then I was on the plane playing with it. But I'll tell you, being of that generation where I had enough disposable income to go get a phone and I had the time with my schedule to be able to go stand in line... It was fun. Uh, there were people wow. you would see from before that you'd see once a year at the on on the, that day. It became a big thing. There was like a party. People were actually pretty polite. And then there'd always be that one guy who's like the first dude to go in the Apple store. And he comes out and he triumphantly raises his iPhone in the air <laughs> to show everybody. And they all cheer for him. And then he drops it. Yeah. And then everybody oh. claps and cheers yeah. some more. I don't know that we'll ever see a consumer product that had that type of following and that much excitement around it where the entire community came out. I don't know that that exists anymore because we do less in person as a community anyway. And back then, you know, it's funny, the device that got us to where we are today was actually a device that really 
was formed around community in the beginning. It was the underdog. It was the the cool new yeah. product. It was the you know we're we're rising up. Well, then now it controls the marketplace, and that community has kind of gone away, and and people are are older and saltier about it. And the, the you know Steve is gone, so and and uh, Johnny Ives is gone, and some of the people who were behind those original things were every time it was a, a leap in design and technology and software all together. I just. I look back on that, and I'll, I don't think you'll ever see that again. And there was a thrill for about ten years of every year, yeah. once or twice, whether it's iPad or iPhone or I, Apple Watch, where yeah. the crowds that assembled to take part in that it was almost a, a movement in a way that that was. You look back and you're like, man, that was actually really special to say I was one of those people who was there doing that. Some yeah. of though, don't you think, guys, yeah. though that. Um, a lot of that had to do with Steve Jobs in that it, he had created a revolutionary. Well, he looked at electronics in a new way, right? He looked at electronics well, and he said, this has to make uh, someone emote, someone well, feel, well, no, right? That, no, that's not what he said. What he said was the technology has to get out of the way. You have to be able to pick it up, have it be innovative and be able to use it without the technology slowing you down. Because his feeling was that you'd get into like, let's for example, a Windows product. It was clunky and cumbersome. The, the learning curve was high. It would do what you wanted it to do, but you'd have to learn. His point was with the technology removed, you can just add this to the ebb and flow of your life. And yes, he created a cult in a lot of ways. People, sure. will, people will say that. And when he died... You know, for it probably took three years, but a lot of the people would argue the soul of Apple kind of went with them as it became more corporate yeah. and more global and all that kind of stuff. And then you lose the last connective tissue, like Johnny Ives, who was the head designer for you know decades or whatever. And when he went to go do his own thing, that the specialness kind of started to yeah. Well, leave. well okay. So what I yeah. wanted to get at is look at like a Samsung. Samsung has innovated in that mobile telephony space for so many times telephony that, but, very right? nice but we and we don't yeah. really know or care because there's no mr samsung that is special so i, I think have, that, yeah and you, you nailed I, it we when we grab yeah. when we gravitate to brands like home and i will yeah. we love entrepreneurs we try to talk to as many as we can that matter in the automotive and the truck space right and those are the brands we try to get to know the the people the men the women behind the brands because you know it's one of the reasons that like i could have bought freaking the, the, Wellen, the W name, right? I it, yeah, like yeah. I could have, but I found Waylon. Waylon, I'm sorry, I could have bought Waylon, and well, I don't like him, so I'm going to misspell them. No, I'm going to mispronounce him. <laughs> <clears throat> and like I found his story, I found Hamza's story, and I thought that I want to back that guy. Like you wow, fell in love you. with with Steve Jobs, you're like I I like what he's preaching, right? No different than going to church and and really liking what the pastor, the bishop, saying. So yeah. let's get into products really quick here so we don't go yeah. too crazy on, on entrepreneurialism. Yeah. Take us through some of your favorite products. Like, I know that the Canon, the hideaway LEDs are huge. Yep. Your light bars are not normal light bars that we would see on like a, on a trophy truck or an off-road vehicle, but mm -hmm. they're in some ways better constructed and more durable. Can you take us through some yeah. of the product lines? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, when, when you look at, our solution, Phoenix and in, in Industries, the first initial launch of the product was the thinnest lighting series that exists. That was the idea, under a quarter inch tall. And, and that came with enormous challenges that we had to face. Uh, uh, the power regulator was a, was a switching regulator, a magnetic device that, that lowered the current of the product so it can power, uh, lower the, the 12 volts so it can power the bars. The reason I'm sharing this is because I'm trying to make something so small and so powerful 
with a switching regulator circuit, a magnetic power regulator device. <laughs> we and that we created the industry's most revolutionary jammer. We jammed every frequency uh, from UH from CV radio all the way to VHF UHF. Dang. Uh, and at within a within like a two block radius with our light bars and and literally well who uses the radio in the emergency responders so our light bars used to pull up to the to the scene back in 2010 and 11 and anyone who had a phoenix light bar turned on it would jam every radio at that scene you couldn't use it so uh, i had no idea that we were so clever at developing some very sophisticated jammers but we had to really design filters filter circuits and and ways to to accommodate for that and it was one of our dark days and learning how to develop those the, the products effectively uh, size is important heat management is important all of that is so light bars lighting technology finding the thinnest brightest most efficient yet reliable and non-rfi emi emitting device Eventually, we built our lighting series. We started with something called the Python series, and that evolved to the Avatar, then the then the Cobra, and then the Apollo series with wide-angle disbursement. Then we got into multicolor with Fusion, and and then now, what two years ago, we we developed Quad with four colors and one bar to help reduce skew count and multi-inventory count that exists. And uh, next year, we're we're oh, sorry, this year. <laughs> We're launching a new product technology called Quantum, and uh, we feel it's gonna it's gonna transform our industry for forever. Uh, I believe it. I hope you know I'm, I get to be back on your show, whether it's months from now or a year from today, and say that you know remember that time when I told you guys uh, that that this technology is gonna change the game. Uh, I believe it will. I believe this technology will 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 revolutionize our space, and I'm I'm really excited for it. I I hope you guys get to attend the live. Uh, presentation it's, it's exciting so it's been a journey 10 years of my life has been invested in developing these products and, and it's not just about the products guys how do we make it and invest millions of dollars in developing it while making it affordable for the industry that's a big one right how do we make a quad color light bar cheaper than dual color light bars from our competitors how do we give our dealers 20 to 25 percent margin not four to seven percent that they get from our competitors how do we make sure they can have food on the table for their families when they sell our products right how do we build it in a model that's just in time so it gets to them in in one to two weeks that's innovation three months that's innovation you have to innovate you have to make the products better and you have to thrift components that are unnecessary or build new ones that are more efficient right so as we go through, so, so people know you offer a really wide breadth of products. So from light bars, the quad colors, things like that, um, amber, sirens. you make sirens, perimeter lighting, you make flashlights, uh, you make all of these really interesting modules that can form, they can, you can buy them individually, like it's four inches long, but you can link them all together and make something in the shape of an arrow. You can, I mean, it's really elaborate systems down to very, very simple, like the cannon that I was referring to. Yeah. So if you had a, I mean, if you had, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about you do a lot of safety vehicles, but what if I have an off-road vehicle, right? It, or I have because I you, you talk about what like chase lights, dust lights, chase things lights, like that? dust lights. I have a I have a side by side. Like there, I don't have to be a police officer to buy yeah. to to need something that Phoenix offers, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, very valid point. I mean, we we sell if it's a, a visual or acoustic warning device for a vehicle of any type. 
you tow truck, construction, police car, fire truck, ambulance. If it flashes or makes a sound in a warning capacity, that's our industry. That's what we do. And we, and we do that really well. Now, does the product need to be able to illuminate a scene? Uh, absolutely. And we develop purpose, you know, specialty products for apparatus vehicles, for apparatuses to, to do that. We develop uh, cross functions within our light bars, our warning products to be able to illuminate a scene too. Can those products transfer over into the off-road space and, and provide that type of capability? They definitely can, right? But but that is a that is a parallel industry that has its own distribution challenge and uh, own distribution model with its own challenges and and so on. And and those customers uh, are looking for companies who represent the brand and the enthusiasm of the off-road industry, while the police and fire the the, the visual and acoustic type customers, police, fire, security, utility, are looking for companies that represent the value of innovative survival-based technology that they can put on a car and know that when a five-year-old's drowning in a pool and this ambulance is on its way, that product is going to work. And and trying to cross-pollinate those two industries, we've tried and we failed at it. Mm. And we we you know we 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 developed off-road technology, new website, new branding, new distribution channel, new sales team, and we found it's really hard because it started confusing our customers and and, and our distribution model, you know. And there's 3,500 resellers of of off-road lighting products out there, uh, but and there's a thousand uh, resellers of of emergency warning products. Very little actually crossover very little sell both so gotcha. i mean uh, jason jason i think it was there's jason richard jason um i can't remember his name former uh, ceo and founder of virgin technology you know we we talked on and off back in the day and and he said man hamza we're really trying to get into the morning market and we're finding it really hard and i said that's funny we're really trying to get into the off-road market <laughs> yeah, we're right. finding it finding it really hard and and it's just it's two different industries. So can they be used? Absolutely. Can a, a police officer buy an off-road uh, lighting product and use that to light up a scene to save somebody's life? Yes. Can the reverse happen? Absolutely. But it's 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 a bit more challenging from a branding aspect. I'm sure you guys you, you guys are aware of it. Brand is yeah, of it's, course. It's, it's everything. That or 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 it's Amazon. Either yeah, you're dealing right. with yeah. They, it's either pricing yeah. or brand, right? It's, uh, it's, it's you're yeah. either. You're either a price conscious consumer or you have the vanity of the brand because that equals value to you, whether it's performance or just the name or the way it looks, the design, right? It's That's basically it. Yeah. Well, we don't need to talk about Amazon and go down that road and branding and all that stuff. I, I want to I focus on yeah. the actual product itself and really yeah. quick so we don't take your, your entire evening. But no, so this is exciting. where this thing started, Holman, I want you to rag on me for a while, right? How this? Why would I do that? Because you're good at it. That's no, that's, that's not good podcast. <laughs> so I have, I think I've infected Holman and others, uh, my that's other gross. friends, right? Not in that kind of way, okay. not in a, not a pussy way or anything Sick. like that, right? <laughs> so there's an epidemic happening on the, on the highways of Southern California. Okay. And I'm sure it's go. happening everywhere. Let's, right. hear Let's hear it. The epidemic is vehicles driving with only their daytime running lights on at night where the driver, mm -hmm. because the dashboard is illuminated when the DRLs are on, the driver yes. sees the dashboard on, the driver sees a glow in front of the vehicle because yeah. so they think the lights are on. 
they're not in the wilderness. They're on, you know, the, the 405 freeway through Santa Monica. Which right? is well it's, lit, it's a, so they well don't lit. realize. The bottom yeah. story but is. what they don't realize is they're freaking taillights. No taillights, no taillights right. right? This is really common on Lexus, on Toyotas, for whatever reason. We don't know why. But like, so I become obsessed with rolling my windows down and yelling people, turn your lights on. And I can't <laughs> yell loud enough to overcome uh, their stereo. So then I'm like, I'm yeah. going to buy a PA speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a PA system. And that led me down the rabbit hole to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm telling that's you, that's awesome. what happened. And I don't know what the legalities, awesome. I'm sure it's not okay, but I'm going to do it anyway. And if you don't sell me anything, that's fine. I'll figure it out. I'll buy Why does stuff this always illegally. come back to but, how you can better your... I'm not bettering anything. I'm just telling you that I is like... It. So I wanted to find... I feel like I'm I'm the do-gooder, right? I need no, to do that. You on can't, the, by the uh, way, on you're the, not on allowed highways. to be a do-gooder if it's self-proclaimed. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you're right. It's not at all. <laughs> I'm going to take it back. Self-proclaimed. I'll, I take that back. Okay. That's your, oh, by the way, t-shirt, self-proclaimed do-gooder. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, let me write that write down. Write that down, yeah, please. Yes, because right. we're launching a web store soon here, now that we own the podcast. I love it. Uh, so tell me about th- that product. What what does someone like Lightning from the Truck Show podcast need? Do I need a Typhoon handheld uh, and a, like a, with a Storm Pro? Like, do I need, like, what do I need if I want a PA speaker to yell at my fellow off-road buddies in the dirt uh, at Glamis or somewhere? Not, of course, on the road because that would be not okay. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. So uh, allow me to try to answer this. But will the car really next compl- to him hear him loud and clear is what I think he's getting <laughs> at. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good night. Let, let me try to answer this uh, maybe a very complex question within like, I don't know, one or two minutes through a little bit of uh, physics and a better explanation, right? Please. So, you know, when we developed our siren systems, we were one of the very first companies to uh, develop what we call the audio amplification circuit. Before that, it was just whale, yelp, phaser, these really high-pitched frequencies that outputted a decibel reading of about 120, 125 decibels, depending on how much power you push through it and, and how accurate the speaker was and the direction of the sound and so on. Um, when, you, when, when you're outputting that level of frequency at 125 decibels, the average vehicle, the average sound out there just measuring is about, what, 40, 50, 60 decibels. Yeah, I'd say now the you're, average you're, city is probably 45 to 50 of background noise. 45. Yep, yep. So so now go on a highway, right? You go inside a vehicle. The vehicle can block out about 70 plus decibels of of sound. Now 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 you have a siren frequency that's outputting about a 120 decibels of of sound. Um, and depending on the range that you're trying to go, you that that sound is going to decrease over time. So at 70 miles an hour at 120 decibels to warn somebody within three seconds of an approaching vehicle, you know, that's about the time you have at that level of frequency because it's so hard. The car blocks out so much sound that the, 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 the environment of you driving that fast in itself is very, is throws a, a wrench in all of it. It's, it's really difficult. So we're going to blast as much power as we can, and we're going to push this threshold of 120, 125 decibels. Now grab a PA and all that, right? This is where you're trying to go with it, and, and key up a mic. Well, you're actually outputting a frequency through through just communicating in a mic. You're only getting about maybe 80, 90 decibels in a, through a PA. You will never be able to generate the audible needs to be able to to wake someone up unless you're sitting there at a very quiet traffic light at night. So we developed something for the first in our industry called the amplification circuit. And what it does is we input those commands 
pull over, step out of the vehicle, step out of the vehicle with your hands up, remain in your vehicle with the windows down, right? These were you cannot have any of those lightning. I, I'm not asking for okay. those. Okay, <laughs> the way you're looking at me, I'm not asking for you know, those. Now, you remember back in like uh, back in the Looney Tunes, how like uh, the coyote would look at the Roadrunner and it would turn into like a a leg of beef or something. Yeah, that's the look you have in your eyes while he's sitting here talking about the things the speaker would I'm say. I'm not saying that I'm drooling, but maybe I am. Yeah, but it, it's great. I mean, when we first did it, I remember. Well, it was it was actually, if you want to know the truth, before we were the first to input these commands because we increased the decibel reading by nearly twenty decibels because we put it through a PWM wow. circuit and we amplified it through its own circuit on the board itself. And we found that through not pulling it through the mic and going through the wire and doing all that, we we found that if we can control the audio here, we can make it louder. Right. So. And, and that became very effective. That was an accidental discovery because before that, all we wanted to do was put the Ghostbusters and the Cops theme song in yeah. our song. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm, See, I'm, that I'm down with. That's why you love Hobbs. I am right? totally down with that. 100%. <laughs> that's why. We, we had Who to, are you going to call? Yeah, you know, we, we, had to, we had to call up Sony. We had to put, put a, pay a $4 license on every siren that we sold and to, to put these, the song, these songs in there. And, Still and awesome. everyone. Worth every everyone penny. Just, Hell yeah, man! I took the board meetings I went through with folks. Hey, Hamza, what is this? What is this joke you're trying to do, man? What is what's going on? I was like, guys, don't worry. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be worth it. If not, we're just making the same damn siren that everyone else is making. Yeah, exactly. So, you have a little Easter egg in there. Have a little fun with the product yeah, and show people exactly. that you're human and 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 you can you can yeah. laugh a little bit. So so it got to the point for some reason that HR got involved. And went to engineering and engineering said, you know, Hamza wants us to put in this, this song in our sirens and it's complicating the circuit and it's really tough to do. So uh, HR came to me and said, hey, engineering is really just confused about what you're trying to do. And, the, and so I went up to my VP of engineering. His name was Al at the time. And I said, hey, Al, what's what's the deal, man? It's I know it's complicated, but it's we got to be different, you know, and, and I and I think the industry is going to appreciate this. And I said, how about this? Let's put in real commands since you're going to build the circuit anyway. Let's put in real audio commands that uh, and 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 see the value that that's going to bring. It's going to be louder, clearer, crisper, and and eventually, it took off, man. Storm sirens, Typhoon series, F1, all of them had the first audio amplification circuit. Then every other competitor followed after that. We should have patented it, but we didn't. We were too focused on on <laughs> on. The bad boy song playing, you know. <laughs> we didn't think too much into it. So those are not you know? customizable. They are preloaded, and it's the way that the audio sample is yes. stored and played through the speaker, and not through. The, like I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it as a yep. as a, a quasi audio so, so engineer. That whatever the word is or the sound file is optimized for the speaker to get the most efficient amount of That's, noise and decibel you know, out. But, right? Yeah. So what, and if you need us to custom make one for you that says, "Well, turn on your light." That, yes. this is what light. This is what lightning is envisioning. <laughs> your headlights are off. Turn on Man. your headlights. I'm not even joking. I would pay uh, double if you had uh, that because then I wouldn't. Have, I don't. I don't. I don't even need the handset. I don't have to. Well, talk that's to the them. thing is, you would just push the button while looking straight ahead, driving, and they would look around like, "Who? This is the voice of God who's talking to me," and you'd be like. Not me. All right. Not oh, well, here, all right. This is what we haven't determined, though. That's hilarious. Are you willing to drill holes in your metal bumper as a speaker grid so that mm -hmm. the speaker for the for the PA 
has, doesn't have to go through the metal bumper. It can go right through the holes in the side. So first off, oh, it, it, it might, there's where I'm thinking about putting it, there's just plastic. Now, you, I know that some of the speakers, you talk about, you have one called, dude, get this, it's called the Hammer. It's yeah. a 100-watt 100 100, speaker yeah. capable, Holman, of penetrating solid objects. Like yeah, low your, frequency. Like your forehead? Oh, low frequency, yeah. Uh, maybe, that's not, maybe that's not what we're talking about. That is low frequency, right? Uh, it would compete so, with the uh, the JL Audio stealth box in the back. Of, in the back? Uh, yeah. No, no, not at all. No. So where do I put that? I, I'm not sure, but I would hang it low and I would yeah. face it you out. You hang it so, behind the front bumper on the, on the corner. Yep. And you drill a couple holes yep. in it so the sound can get out. Yep. Would you run two in parallel or in series or do you... Can you only run one? How does that work? Well, tr traditionally, it, it reads the uh, the output signal from the siren and mimics the identical frequency in a lower frequency uh, range. It still consumes the same amount of power, so you're pumping, you're still pumping the same uh, current draw, but the sound output is a, a bit darker. And when when you hear it, 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 it adds a twist to it. You know, at the not, end of the not day, the hammer. It, I'm talking oh, about not like the hammer. Yeah, not not the hammer. That's low for low frequency. If we yeah, want to do like the PA style that you're talking about, we want to broadcast, put your you know, turn your lights on, you want to face that towards a corner. Here's right? what I'm thinking. Instead of putting degrees, those giant Texas longhorns on your hood, just put three <laughs> or four of the uh, of the Phoenix speakers right on the leading edge. You mean is that oh, like the man. guys in Miami that hang all the speakers on the exterior you know of the vehicle, do? pointing outwards? Since you claim that the hood scoop on your TRX doesn't actually add air to the engine, mm -hmm. just block the intake track with some speakers and then have it shoot out. I'm not the, willing uh, to risk the horsepower, but I, I <laughs> will the, find. Uh, hood scoop I'll, hole. I'll find another spot to put these for sure, and they're relatively small. The speakers are not like yeah. 12 inches by 12 inches; they're like four and a half to six just, inches square. You know your yeah. vents on the hood. Yeah, just cut holes there and have them pointed up. Not up towards They'll what? Be loud I'm not They'll yelling be loud. at the sky. Yeah, you are when you go through the, uh, the overpass. It just it'll just fill the entire <laughs> overpass with sound. I know. I've got the exhaust. I've got the uh, attack from Borla exhaust right there you're to do that. Scare people. I mean, you're probably gonna get shot at. Which is I'm not gonna get. Sh I'm trying to save people from being rear-ended. They don't like being yelled really at while they're are. driving. Again, yeah. self-proclaimed do-gooder, whatever you're uh, calling me. What is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, <laughs> they are I, I mutually think, exclusive. No, I think unfortunately, no matter how much power you pump through it the audible reading on on any kind of just audio command even at the highest efficiency that we have it at you no one's going to hear it traveling 40 50 60 miles an hour it's going to be at a traffic light when you're frozen uh cars aren't moving and then you can play that command and hopefully if it's an it's a if it's not a a mercedes or, or a ford pickup truck would just really well you the know, problem is he's going to do it to an undercover cop no, no, turn no. on your headlights, you idiot! I, I'm not and then the guy's going to look no. around and go. Because an undercover right, cop's going to not drive with his lights off. He's going to that means well, he's undercover. He's blacked out. They have a switch well, for that. Well, at that point, the whole intersection is going to hear, and everyone's going to be checking their lights. So, Hamza, here's what lights. I think you need to do. I think we need to go back to your original product that we were talking about, which yeah. destroys any. Oh, frequency, frequency. <laughs> and then basically just have it so lightning can it, it can't be big enough for the fcc to find him but just big enough where whenever he pushes the keys of the mic 
everybody's radio speakers all the way around. It just plays can through I it. Can I do that? No, that no. I'm no. Saying, can I kill their cell phone no. reception? Can I kill like their a uh, dirty bomb? Their, you want to make a dirty I bomb? I want a dirty bomb so I can just tell them to turn the freaking lights on. That's all I care yeah, well, about. Horrible. Cell phone communication is is digital. It's very very high frequency. Yeah, so like, know, luckily we never never luckily we never went that far. In terms of, <laughs> in terms of uh, the the rest of it, you know, we we dabbled with the idea of jamming devices. What if we can build one that that, that, that transfers the frequency through the car? Well, that that what about the people who use satellite radio we that comes vertical how do we and we can't really intercept that so we we bury that entire project of of trying to jam yeah but you and know, what if they're you know what yeah. you never yeah. forgot about it did you no he didn't it's, no. Still, it's still floating bay in the back in the back of his head going one of these days we still know how to do it. I feel like <laughs> if Hamza ever went to the dark side and got a white cat to stroke in his chair in his mm-hmm. in his executive suite, like that's the first idea that would come. He'd be like, "I'm doing the oh, jam." He's got a T-shirt that says, "I am Blofeld." You know, he'll call right. his secretary, oh, and be man. like, "Hey, bring in number two. And then like the dude who's second in command over there would walk in. He's like, "Yes, Hamza." He's like, "I've got the cat, and we're now doing the jammer." <laughs> Maybe man, so. you, you know what? We when when this was like the first two years, but you know, back when we we invested all of our resources developing these lighting products, the the Python and Cobra at the time, they all developed too much radio frequency interference. So I brought in all these different engineers, and they helped me find a way to remold my products to to and, and to do that. I had to add an inline resistor. It was about the it was about two inches long, uh, and it, 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 I had to open up every single lighting product. I had to solder this inline resistor oh. on every mm. single module, right? And the the effort That's and painful. headache. You've never forgotten oh, it that. Was never forgotten. <laughs> I mean, I was taking them home. I was calling up day laborers to, to come in and and just hey, you you connect this thing here and there, and I had thousands of modules I had oh. to do it on. There were dark dark times of, of Phoenix to try to get that that product to work, but it's a uh, it, gotcha it was where you are now. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, going back to that point, I, I just I, I have to touch on it where you guys talked about Steve Jobs and you know the, yeah. the brand and so on. I believe that what Steve Jobs did so well, what Elon Musk has done so well, is that they found a way to connect the human element to the brand itself. I mean, t- talk sure. about innovative technology. The Nobel Peace Prize winners out there. There's what uh, ten of them every single year, right? The, the guys who are pioneering discoveries in physics and, the, and, and chemistry and, and economics, we don't know who they are, right? They're geniuses that are transforming our world, but we don't know who they are. But these other guys were able to get out there, connect with the world, and then bring their technology and their product to the world. Uh, electrification of vehicles, right? Uh, a new intelligent smartphone and so on. Who's the CEO of BlackBerry? Don't know him. Nobody probably does. So I give these guys a lot of credit sure. for being able to to do that. Can our industry do that? Do do I hope that I can put uh, the face of Phoenix and let people know that it's it's real? We're human. We're trying. We're working really hard. We're self-made, uh, and we're just trying to innovate and bring te- great technology and good margin of profitability and good solutions to this industry. I hope. I'm able to accomplish that and and get that message across. Can't spell, so but hell of a businessman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. in all seriousness, that's not. awesome. I, I think I Thank think that's you. a that's a noble model to be go going after for your business. I think that uh, one of the stories, you know, th- these entrepreneurial stories that we have, you know, on the show. Again, we always get people who email us and say. 
I didn't know about that guy. I didn't know about that company. I didn't think it was a, a topic that I was going to be interested in, but I hung off the wow. whole thing because the, they said stuff that inspired me for my own business. And we've had several of our listeners over, we've been doing this almost five years who have written to us and wow. said, I started my own business because of you guys. And, and you know, here we are two chuckleheads who just like trucks. Like we didn't think we were going to inspire anyone. We're just doing this because we like to do it and it's fun. And here we come with these listeners saying like, you've impacted my life in some meaningful way, which is really a hard pill for us to swallow because uh, we just, we don't know why anyone would put any faith in anything that we do. No, I mean, listen, <laughs> last night, again, we were at Wiener Schitzel eating chili dogs. So, doing a podcast. Right, doing a podcast. <laughs> I, I think that your unique ability, where, where you a guy like you wins, and I think you know this, is that you can preach to industry execs all day long. But that's not where you win. Where you win is on the grassroots level, talking to people, regular schmoes. And as you're preaching, there will be a certain number of influencers that will hear your message, as you know, and th- and they will trumpet your message. They will parrot mm. that and they will be the mini Hamzas. And that's what you're doing. You know, you've made two of them right here. Lightning and Holman. Okay. I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate but But I got to say something before before you guys try to wrap it up on me here, because this is really important. There is a tremendous amount of credit that goes to you both in the way you bring these stories and these the, the, the history uh, to life. Because behind the scenes in business, and it's, it is monotonous in some capacity it is hard it is difficult there's failure there's challenges there's there's hr involvement and theoretical ideas and projects there's the list goes on and on and when i when i started this conversation with you and i heard some of the other podcasts you guys have 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 had you find a way to make it fun and to make it exciting and 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 i'm laughing about it i was thinking man i haven't laughed about that ever you know that was seven years ago and so i i appreciate you guys bringing that human element to it because behind the scenes it is really challenging we are investing millions and pouring our lives into into the development of technology and products and when they fail it's demoralizing and here you guys get to come up and say hey here are the stories tell us them is that not crazy how that occurred and and you and you get to add the human element too so thank you for for making me believe more that I am human and that this is fun and that this is a joy uh, because that's, that's fuel for all of us, man. So, so thank you both for that. I, I, I had to you. say that. I had to no, I, I, we appreciate that. And for myself as a, as a new entrepreneur who just started two businesses and figuring out, oh, how does the S-Corp wholly own the LLC and pass through taxes and my, my CPA and how do I pay myself? It's mind-numbing. And, and you get it. Everybody, I mean, we've been talking yeah. to entrepreneurs. I've been around entrepreneurs for 25 plus years. And I've always wanted to be one. And here I am. I'm finally one. I'm going, this is really freaking hard. Nobody, <laughs> nobody told me any of this stuff. Like you think you go, oh, I'm going to go down to the... Uh, the business center, and I'm going to say, "Hi, I'm Sean. I opened a business." No, you have to deal with the, the federal, the state, Amen. the local. You've got to build Everything. a yep. marketing machine. You've got Amen. to build up your yes, social. Sir. You got to go grab your websites. You, you have to, you know, Shopify you have, account. Hold on, you're missing URL. the biggest one. Yeah. You're missing the very biggest one. You must risk. Now, yeah, you must risk. Yeah, or you're not an entrepreneur. No, absolutely. And those who are risk averse work for someone else. Yep. 
And I've done that for 25 years. So hearing you talk about your business, you know, as as much as I hope that this podcast inspires others, you've inspired me. So, so thank you guys. I appreciate you in return for making the time to, uh, to come talk to us because this has been really cool. So if you are looking for, if you're looking for lighting solutions, if you're looking for PA solutions, uh, if you have construction, strobes, strobes, all of that, they make it all and it's, and it's elegant effective thank you and and i'm an american I'm, and I'm, oh my god we didn't even say that it's I all know. it's all made That's in america yeah, yeah exactly amen listen amen. you guys want to check it out it's uh it's f-e-n-i-e-x.com and they're also yes, uh, on facebook as phoenix industries on twitter uh you guys also have a, a youtube page all uh, phoenix industries we would love to have you back at some point if you've got some Anytime. more news. Like, let's stay in touch because you are our new uh, our new favorite entrepreneurial uh, CEO friend of the Man, I'm podcast. honored, guys. I'm 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 so honored. So I'm I'm a call away. Yeah, you guys, let me know whenever uh, whenever I get the the privilege of being back on, and I'll I'll be here. Fantastic. Be here, All Thanks, right, Hamza. Brother. Thank you. We Congrats. appreciate Thanks, you guys. Thanks, right. Lightning. Right. Right. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Home guess what time it is. It's time for some news. Yeah. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Well, that was kind of interesting. That was a good one. That was good, yeah. Just a little bit of reverb made it through the door and into the hallway. Yeah, I can still hear the hallway. Can you? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. I don't think so. The uh, U.S. Postal Service ordered uh, some additional electric mail trucks. If you remember, uh, they Why had... Why not female trucks? Well, these are male, as in uh, delivering packages ah, trucks. I got your There's package no gender right here, buddy. involved mm. here or there. Uh, so anyway, if you guys remember, the uh, next generation delivery vehicle, which was won by Oshkosh Defense... Uh, was a bit controversial because it wasn't... I'm not familiar with Oshkosh Defense. Yeah, right. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, JLTV, thanks, <clears throat> D866. Right, easy, easy, yep. easy, easy. Uh, and there was a bunch of uh, criticism because it was only marginally more fuel efficient than the old Grumman LLV. That is uh, the mail truck that you all know and love today. And so apparently it was designed so that it could go electric or uh, ice. And anyway, the uh, USPS wrote a check for uh, 50,000 of them, $3 billion check. Wow. So that plan only uh, saw 10% of the delivery fleet switching over to electric, which wasn't enough for the uh, EPA. And so they uh, were pushed to acquire more EVs, uh, but, you know, they're back and forth, this and that. So long story short in a statement uh, the post office announced that uh, it's going to have 66,000 electric vehicles by the year 2028 giving it one of the largest electric fleets in the nation they're going to have uh, 21,000 commercial off the shelf or as known as cots of battery electric vehicles by 2028 and it'll uh, have a preference for domestically produced BEVs when shopping for off the shelf which puts brands like uh, Tesla, Rivian, Ford, Chevy uh, those are all companies that have a off-the-shelf BEV. How are they going to charge these that things? That was exactly my point, is having that many BEVs means that there's going to be a, a lot of infrastructure that's going to have to come with them. So writing the big check to buy them all, there's it's not like you're done. It's no, like, you know what they do? They power them all with solar at night, 
right? Yes. And then they store right. all that electricity. And they so put when the they go wind out, turbines inside the uh, the hangar where they park them. That, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It all works yeah. out. Yes. Anyway, so uh, get used to some new mail trucks and then also get used to some uh, quiet mail trucks, I guess. I don't know how my dog is going to feel about that. Uh, he because my dog knows all the Amazon trucks, knows the the old dog or the new trucks, dog, the three legged, not the puppy. The puppy. She has not been outside. I got to meet she, the puppy. Yeah, the puppy's cute. You'll, maybe you'll see her next week. It depends. Yeah. If we do it here, we do it at my house. All right. Uh, the three legged dog knows the sound of all the delivery trucks. So the silent running trucks. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that'll be confusing for him. All right. Uh, hey, lighting. Did you hear? No. I don't think so. Uh, Goodyear is uh, pushing a new tire that's made from soybean oil, rice husks, and pine resin, according to uh, our friends over at Motor Trend. Is this the one that has like a very bizarre pattern on the on, on the, the sidewall? Side yeah, ninety percent of the tires' ingredients are sustainable, uh, and it has passed regulatory testing for uh, for road use. So interesting to uh, see some new compounds coming to it. Will this tire come with an expiration date? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think all tires do already. not use after no, this date. All, all tires have an expiration date on I mean, them. I mean, but this is like made with soybean oil or whatever it is, so it's sure. going to get a degrade faster. Is it though? I, I say it so. Yeah, <laughs> from your uh, extensive engineering background yes, in tire I, manufacturing, I'm an engineer of rubberosity. Huh. Uh huh. Okay. So anyway, uh, CES is where they brought it out, and again, it passed regulatory testing. The company said that uh, that 90% of its components are materials that come from sustainable sources. See, the Consumer Electronics Show, they're debuting tires. Right. I mean, dude, CES is becoming sort of like a new SEMA. Uh, Anyway, Goodyear says uh, out of the ingredients, uh, there are 17 that are sustainable, including things like recycled polyester, plant-based components like soybean oil, rice husk waste, bio-renewable pine tree resin, and it also has a high recycled I hope it smells good. I think the burnouts will smell like pine saw? No, I think they'll smell like Christmas. Okay. All right. Uh, moving right along. Lightning, have you heard? No. Nope. It's been sad lately. Rainy. Dank. I cannot wet. get out of bed when it's raining. What is that? I just like to sleep to the rain. It's amazing. Is it? No, I'm, I'm serious. Like sad. I can't get out of bed when it's raining. Is that a thing? Listen, Jeep wants to help you out. They just launched a new special edition Wranglers for... Uh, I guess you could get them ready for Jeep Beach Week if you want. It's the uh, Wrangler High Tide in Jeep Beach. The High Tide is based on a Sport S trim with the V6, and it's paired with the 8-speed automatic. And you do get the Extreme Recon package, which adds the uh, 35s. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. I wonder uh, so why they like went the V6 instead of the 2-liter uh, turbo. Uh, because it's probably the, the uh, more affordable engine, and obviously it's a stripper model that has the money went into the upgrade of the suspension package, which gotcha. is pretty cool. So on the Extreme Recon, in addition to the 35 uh, BFG tires, you get the 17-inch beadlock capable wheels, 456 axle ratios, uh, 1.5-inch suspension lift. And then on the uh, the high tide, uh, you get a body-colored hardtop, a Sunrider flip top, and uh, hood decals. And then uh, there'll be uh, rock rails, LED headlights, and fog lamps, and uh, interior sand slush mats. So uh, that's pretty cool. And then that comes to uh, the price of 53335 and is available for order now. And uh, you should see them at the dealership uh, by uh, spring of 2023. Did you mention any custom uh, graphics packages? Uh, the hood decals. Okay. Hey, speaking of uh, graphics packages, did you see the news that came out from our buddy who does uh, owns Jeep Graphics Studios? I did. He's now yeah, doing... Zubrick. He just inked a deal with General Motors to yeah, do graphics. He's, uh, he's killing it. We should probably uh, have him back. So that would be pretty cool. 
Okay, so that's the high tide model, but uh, 500 of them will be a special Jeep Beach model, which pays homage to the uh, Jeep Beach event. Oh, is that re- I just figured they were stealing the name. It's actually paying homage uh, to the I, event. I, I, that is massive. Uh, that's the one in Florida, right? I'm guessing, yeah. So this uh, that event, uh, which brings uh, 20,000 Jeep vehicles, has become a big thing for Jeep owners. I think uh, the corporate uh, people over at Jeep have realized, oh, we should probably be uh, supporting that even more. And so uh, this year's the 20th anniversary of that event, which is pretty cool. So the Jeep Beach model, the 500 special ones they have uh hood decals and jeep beach embroidered mopar catskin leather seats from the factory uh body colored fenders jeep beach swing gate plaque and the jeep beach will be 55 835 and so uh you can get uh the either special edition in hydro blue which is the one of uh is the color of the 392 that i put on two wheels uh, high velocity, <laughs> which looks like uh, uh, nuclear waste yellow. Uh-huh. It's uh, nuclear, not nuclear. Whatever. What are you? Black, bright white. Who's, what's, what, which and president stingray. said that all the time? Who cares? It was, it was uh, George Bush. Uh, are you done? Let's Jr. do a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry. Did you hear? What? No. no I don't think so. Uh, Bentley. Sure. Sets. Bring on the Bentley news. Set a sales record in 2022, and the Bentiaga is uh, the best seller. The what? The Bentiaga SUV. The automaker sold 15,174 cars, and 42% of them were Bentiaga SUVs. I don't know what that vehicle is. Where have you been? No, wait. Is that the one that... Um, it's, their, it's the Bentley SUV. Oh, I thought that was a... started with a C, a Cord... That would be the Rolls-Royce. I'm thinking of the Cullinan. Ah, the Rolls-Royce Cullinan. What's well, the same family, Rolls and Bentley? No, they're not. They're owned by two different companies. They're, they haven't been the same. One's owned by Porsche, Audi. That's the Bentley side. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Rolls side is uh, owned by BMW now. I don't know if I knew that. Interesting. Okay. Moving right along. Moving hey, right along. Did okay. you hear? No, 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 no. No, no. The European car companies are not owned by who you think they are. Uh, apparently and not. Breaking news. They're all owned by Peugeot. Uh, Jaguar Land Rover... <laughs> Has uh, a backlog of 215,000 vehicles. A backlog? I mean, backlog or they're like... Backlog of vehicles that need to be built. 74% oh of those are for the Range Rover, Range Rover Sport, and the uh, Defender. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. You guys better be working three shifts and some overtime because you got some... Uh, that's some makeup th- that's a lot of back orders. A lot of back orders. That is just insane. How many people... There are a lot of ballers. Dude, there are a lot of a ballers. A lot of well, I'm sure ballers. that's not just the U.S. I'm sure it's probably international. There are still, a lot of ballers. There are a lot of where ballers. they live. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? <laughs> no. Uh, spy photos are coming out of the uh, 2024 GMC Sierra AT4 XHD. That is a mouthful. Say that again slower, please. AT4 yeah. X mm-hmm. heavy duty. Yeah. And it comes from the factory with 35-inch tires and Multimatic DSSV shocks. That's going to be rad. You can go to your dealer. You can get a Duramax HD Sierra crew cab on 35s. That's pretty cool. With why a really it, good shot. Why? Just now. Like, people have been putting them on 35s for since the dawn of the Duramax. It looks mean, dude. And I'm not sure if this is going to have the, uh, you know, the AEV package on it. Mm-hmm. But um, somebody had just posted from this. This particular truck looks like it has the AEV Crestone wheels on it. Okay, you're going to share that or just hog it to yourself? I'm just going to hog it to myself. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if they noticed it, but it looks like an eight-lug version of the GMC wheel that's coming on their uh, half-ton trucks. And the somebody posted on, in my socials the first AEV versions of the Sierra AT4X at the dealership with the AEV bumpers and everything. 
Oh my gosh, that looks, looks good. Amazing. Really. There's a story that we have to hook up with uh, Dave over at AEV uh, because they are going to be one of the very last bumper manufacturers standing. Why do you say that? Uh, what about I your Fusions I, and no, your I Westons and all those I guys? I can't talk about it too much yet, but when you understand what was required to get onto an OE program and make all the sensors work and make it so it can go on the production line and make it sure that it's the right weight for the ergonomics and to make sure it was packaged the right but way. But you're talking about shipping. OE. You're not talking about aftermarket, right? Or are you, what do you mean? So when you're looking at the future of parking sensors and pedestrian and crash and ADAS, which is uh, advanced driver assistance systems that are coming in, you're not going to be able to just bolt up a fab bumper in the shop anymore. The, the well, amount of work you're that, saying you physically won't be able to because the sensors won't work. Your car is going to freak out. You have to have a certain level of engineering acumen, both in the aftermarket and off the showroom floor to be able to do that. And I saw a taste of what goes into that. And we will bring them on when the time is right, because this is mind blowing what they had to go through to get on the program and build the bumper to work with the trucks. I it wonder with all the engineering crazy. money they would have had to spend all the R&D if they'll make money on the bumpers or it's just uh, just like a feather in their cap. I don't you know, know. Or a halo, I should say. I'm just saying that uh, there's a lot of work that went into it and it's it's amazing. So the AT4X HD with 35s, freaking look how nice and high that thing sits. It's hard to tell with all the uh, the camo on it because they're trying to hide it from us. But you damn. You can tell those are 35s. Yeah, oh, yeah you can. That, that is cool. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a good looking truck. It's... Uh, it's going to be awesome. And that one's a Duramax truck. I can tell by the uh, exhaust on it. So, um, Are they, well, turn it towards me again. Look how high that thing sits. Man, they keep shooting the exhaust out at an angle back. So they're, they're, you're, you're hitting your, your uh, trailer with hot exhaust gas, 800 degree exhaust gas. You're melting your fifth wheel trailer when it's in regen. That's why you need the bank's exhaust my friend because it kicks it out sideways it's, di it's diffused All right, when you're going lighting. down the highway lighting yes sir did you hear no mm -mm. Mm -mm. no i don't think so on the drive somebody posted up a story about a 1987 nissan hard body with 1092 original miles tell me i more. believe it was uh on uh, bring a trailer and i don't know what it's sold for but it was an amazing example. It hadn't even had its first oil change yet. <laughs> oh, here it is. Sold for $17,000. And it's a base model, two-wheel drive long bed with a camper shell on the back. That is pristine. Oh, my God. It's uh, charcoal gray. Where was it stored? Do we know? Yeah, so there's a little bit of a history here. So if you go to the drive and read uh, James's uh, article, apparently... It was initially bought new in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it was outfitted as a recreational truck with a body-colored matching bed topper, uh, fog lights, speakers in the bed, and even a towing package, but it was rarely used. It remained in the garage alongside some classic uh, Chevy Corvettes for 20 years and just sort of, I guess, forgotten about in the corner. And uh, How do it, you forget about a freaking Nissan hard body power comes with from only 1,000 miles on it? 2.4 liter fuel-injected four-cylinder, which at that time made 106 horsepower and 137 pound-feet of torque. That would throw uh, you back in your seat, buddy. It's a D21 body style. And uh, this one's near base. even has steel wheels, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. It uh, never received an oil change, so it's probably not even really broken in yet. 
The tires are the original tires, so they're probably uh, cracked, dry rotted. That's now the benchmark for the soy tires to live up to. <laughs> I'm not sure that's totally true. Okay. Um, anyway, this uh, this this thing is uh, it's just super clean. Seventeen thousand dollars. The Steelys are 14s. I love it. With a 195.75 Bridgestone on it. And just like the current Tacoma, comes with front discs and rear drums. <laughs> but they, the uh, current, by the way, tire mounted behind the axle. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this the thing that I love about this is when you get in those old Nissan hard bodies. It's got all the Nissans of that vintage have the orange font or orange color for all the gauges. It's just so 80s. This would be like the Radwood vehicle right here. Like, you just buy it and take it to Radwood. Leave it exactly how it is. Do you think people know what Radwood is? Yes, we've talked about it before. I, well, I know. We talked about it 70 episodes ago. People know what it is. Okay. Well, I'm more interested, or as interested... Than the fact that it comes with a 105-mile-per-hour speedometer? Uh, it'll never get there. Well, downhill <laughs> with a tailwind and pulled by a Ferrari. Who bought it? Who spent 17G on this thing? I don't know, but I looked at the auction, and I'm like, man, if I had some dollars, I would have bought it. Really? Well, how often can you buy a 20-year-old vehicle that's brand new? But but 17. Special. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's enough I'm not saying it's not worth 17. I just, who's the guy that bought it? And will he lower it and then put uh, the the bed on a uh, scissor lift and spin it in the air? No? I don't think so. Can you you imagine if it was an old school, like an OG mini fan? Dude, there's some, there's, they're out there. Hey, lighting, did you hear? How about new? Nope. The GM design team, uh, they showed off some sketches of uh, what a future Chevy truck could look like in some design language, and uh, it looks pretty cool. Just kind of a hint at where they're going. Some people say it has square body yeah, influence. I really don't see it. That's very No, I see square body influence for mm, sure. Too much surface Those detail. Those are 30-inch wheels. Well, it's a, it's a concept yeah, Of course, sketch. yeah. And that is, again, uh, everything to me looks like a Badger, like the Nikola Badger. Nah, I don't see Badger in that one. I do see I do it's, see Badger in the... It's uh, very square. If you thought the that the current generation uh, GM trucks had a square wheel well, they got nothing on this one. Mm-hmm. This one is just hard, sharp corners. I wonder why do they did that. Well, how do they choose that? Like, um, not, not this almond, but who's the designer that said, let's put round wheels and tires in a square opening? It's very interesting, right? That That design... No one else is doing it. Uh, Jeep does it with trapezoidal wheel wells. Yeah. Okay. But square. Uh, it's hip mm. to be square if you're a GM fan, I guess. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No! Nope. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube. I'm surprised this uh, hasn't come across you. Uh, Tyler Hewitt of Hewitt Industries. Uh, it's not ringing a bell yet. Uh, Tyler uh, has blasphemed the truck uh, world. How so? What did he do? Uh, he took a first-gen Ram, pulled the Cummins out of it. Put a Ford in it? A six-liter of all Fords. Yeah. Yeah, normally... That's you wrong. Put, you normally, you put the Cummins in the Ford called a Fummins. This is now a Cord. Nope. A Cord is something else elegant <laughs> and not this. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I almost feel like we should have him on the show. We should. You should. If I send this to you, will you find him since you know how to find people on YouTube? I can do that. It's a six liter? It's a why? six liter power stroke. Well, that's why, why we have to have him on the show. Not even a seven three. No, a six liter. It's Not freaking, even a six four. He's like, and you know what? I didn't even head stud it. That's, I, exactly. I'm living <laughs> dangerously. All right, I'm yeah. sending, I'm, I just texted you the link. I want you to find this guy and get him on the show. All right. Because I think this would, this would there's something wrong with him in a good way. Yeah. And we like talking to people who have. Spoilers. I love people who blaspheme. Hold on a second. I got to pause the show. I just got a text. 
Ah, damn it. It's you. What's wrong with you, Lightning? <laughs> All right, so uh, engine blasphemy aside, um, it, it fits. It looks pretty cool. He also put uh, some King Ranch seats in it, I guess, to continue the Ford, uh, Ford theme. Okay. So matching center console and armrest. So uh, it, uh, Dodge, is, it, it, it drives and runs. He calls it a Forge. A forge, which is I like good. that. Solid, yeah, right? no, that's, that's I like it. Anyway, I think you need to find him. I'll try, and we need to have him on the show because it, I, what, I, I have to know more. What's worse, the, the putting a six O in the in the normally Cummins powered Dodge, or putting the six O in a Nissan GTR? Definitely the, what he did with the truck. You think so? I think a six liter in GTR is so out there, wacky, one off. Like you have to just be like, you okay, got to commend. You have to be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, right. But the the six O. Where a Cummins should live, you're really we, stabbing we, a guy. You, you're stabbing a guy in the let's, spleen. Let's get him on hurts. the show. Let's yeah. get him on the show. Okay. I, I want to find out what's wrong with him. <laughs> I mean, we could you know, maybe we have to put him on a fifty-one fifty hole to save him from himself you think or so? something. Maybe, maybe we're going to interview you and straightjacket you. All right, got one more here. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about this or not. No, nope. I don't think so. At uh, CES, there is the all-electric vehicle from Centro Two Ends, built off its T-Max. Uh, that's called the Desert Beaver. Well, hold on a second. You're just making up names. Centro does this. Exactly. Does the what? Yeah. It's a little... And it's called the Beaver. The, the Desert Beaver. The Desert Beaver. It looks like... Beavers the mix, don't live in the desert. It looks like the mix between a uh, golf cart and a Ford Econoline van pickup truck. It's completely wacky. Is it, it a joke? Is no, it real? It's real. It's not a gag at CES. No, why would you pay a million dollars to display at CES and then bring a joke? I don't know. We would. Uh, this one is uh, limited in speed payload and uh, has maximum speed of 25 miles an hour. Can uh, only uh, be driven on roads with a speed limit up to 35 miles an hour in such states, even though it can't go that fast. But it has a payload of 700, 800 pounds and meets the 3,000 pound gross vehicle weight requirement uh, by law. So Motorshed did a little expose on this. What caught my eye is somebody on LinkedIn who is the marketing rep for them said, hey, we should get you guys on the podcast to drive this thing. And I went, don't threaten me with a good time, not really knowing what it was. Sure. And that's saw the Motor Trend store, and I was like, what is that? Is it a pickup truck? Is it a UTV? Here, this is what Let it is. Let me see that. <gasps> that looks awesome. I told you, so like an Econoline I with don't a pickup know. bed That is UTV? like a, what, like a, not a, what do you call those, uh, Yumaya, Yublaya, like those things that they drive around on golf courses. You know, the guy's got all his uh, his shovels and stuff in the back. A club cart? Not a club cart. No, they were like the little mini pickup trucks. I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about? No idea. This looks like a better version of that. Anyway, uh, this is part of the uh, loads. This is anyway. How how many guys are just pounding on their dashboard right now, cursing my name? Well, Truck Show Podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. This is part of the uh, low speed vehicle market. All right, so this is part of the uh, low speed vehicle market, or an LSV. Again, this is uh, from a company called Centro. It was spotted at the 2023 CES show. Uh, again, CES is becoming this weird place for cars again, and uh, it's it's crazy. The Centro T Max, which is T E E M A K, is a vehicle intended to be sold as something you can drive around on private property, and uh, as an LSV, it's limited in speed and payload. Uh, maximum speed is just 25 miles uh, an hour. Uh, the Desert Beaver is a uh, bestowed with a 15 kilowatt hour lithium ion phosphate battery pack uh range is about 65 to 70 miles so perfect for like your private ranch or something like that 
It uh, can charge only at AC level 1 using a 110 outlet, so it'll be probably uh, slow to slow, charge, yeah. although uh, quicker level 2 will be available on the second generation. The T-Mac and the Desert Beaver are rear-wheel drive only, and the roughly 2-horsepower uh, motor is mounted directly to the live axle, which is under a leaf-sprung suspension, and the front uses a McPherson strut. So it's cool, and I can see a, if you own a ranch or something, it yeah. would be great for that because it looks like it's a little bit more utility than, say, uh, you know... Uh, I was a, thinking a of a, a Kubota. Oh, Kubota. Yeah, that's, that's totally different thinking. than the thing that you were I know, of course, about. I, yeah, but, but that's what I was thinking you would have said something of. with a K, I probably would have figured that out. Yeah. My uncle has a uh, Kubota tractor they love driving around his ranch. I wish you'd get one of these desert beavers, though, because I would be all over that. So it looks better than it sounds, meaning... Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it sounds like it's got no performance, but it looks cool. Yeah, uh, Sure. The standard T-Mac is uh, supposed to begin production in Q1 at Centro's Jacksonville, Florida facility. Figure uh, $1,500 to 2000 a year, and it'll go on sale starting at uh, $20,000. If you're looking to replicate this Desert Beaver, which is like all off-roaded out. twenty um, grand for that? Thirty grand for the Desert Beaver. $30,000. Yeah. yeah. Forget that noise. <laughs> you're, uh, you're not on board? I am out. All right. Uh, one last uh, piece of news for you, if you've heard. No, wait. No. Mm-mm. Uh, Ring just announced uh, their new car cam. Ring as in ring cameras yeah, on your, your door. Doorbell car f- cam for cars. Mm-hmm. The, doorbell the, car ca- car doorbell. Anyway. The company was called Doorbot before they were Ring. And uh, they got uh, Doorbot by Amazon. Yeah. hey So, oh, well, they, well, is that true? Was yeah. it bought by? I, I don't know that I knew owned, that. Yeah, they've been owned by Amazon for... Wow. Years now? Holy mackerel. Yeah, the dude was on Shark Tank. And, and then they didn't, out. yeah, they didn't invest. So the reason I'm interested in the story is it's this really simple setup that uh, mounts, I guess, to your dash, has a forward looking and a rearward looking at the cabin, you know, uh, uh, just mounts right through the center of your dash, looking forward and back. And unlike the uh, doorbell cam that might be uh, gracing your entryway, uh, there's a flap that you can lower for privacy. But uh, it's. Uh, motion triggered notifications it has a speaker there's a hey alexa thing going on there because obviously owned by amazon Mm -hmm. and a white led ring will illuminate uh in during conversations or other colors indicate what it's doing it's kind of a cute little camera it'll work with your ring devices Uh, again the reason that i'm interested in this is i just installed a dash cam on the 392 well, and so I've been going through this whole thing of researching dash cams. So, so just, I'm glad you said that because I uh, picked up a customer's Duramax today for some mm-hmm. testing. And I'm going to open my photos because I took a photograph of his camera because mm-hmm. it looked pretty neat. It was um, like a tube about the size yeah. of a, a roll of quarters. Yep. So sideways. it's probably a black view, which is what I got for my car. And it was, I don't think it's a black view. Hold on a second. On the end, it said N2 Pro. N2 Pro. Any idea what that is? Uh, I don't know which camera that is. It okay. looks similar to the uh, to the Blackview, which I've done a ton of research. Everybody says that's the uh, that's the one to have. Blackview. It's a South Korean company, and uh, they have all sorts of. I, this is a uh, this one is uh, 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposed to be. I just got a one channel. Supposed to be great. One channel uh, means just facing forward. Just facing forward. So I I picked up this guy's, and he's a he's a great guy. We've brought his truck before. He's very gracious and. But the whole time I'm in his truck, I'm like, I know he's watching me. Yeah, probably. So I'm just chilling. Why, was there one facing yep. you? Yeah, yep. he was totally watching I'm you. just like chilling. Did you pick your nose? Nope. You wanted to though, didn't you? Nope, didn't. It itched and you're like crazy no, and you're I like. 
<laughs> you're like trying to reach it with your elbow. I, just, I didn't do anything. I don't even listen to the radio. I just, just nope. I just I just make sure yeah. I'm checking my blind spots. I'm not getting an accident. You're, you're and, in some dude's spank bank for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm saying no. All right. So uh, let's, let's get back to the uh, the ring car cam. And so this one. Uh, will uh, also sync with your Wi-Fi at home, and you can check the recordings in the Ring app and all the things that you uh, love to do. Mm, what's the monthly fee since Ring charges me for everything? Uh, my monthly fee isn't very, isn't bad. I think I pay a yearly one. It's less than like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Okay. I've got three cameras. I'll have four soon. But the Ring Car Cam will retail for 250 bucks. You can pre-order it uh, for a little while prior to the launch for, I guess, 200 bucks. Uh, Ring Protect Go subscription is 6 bucks a month or 60 bucks a year. That's not bad. Can for I see it? Cloud. What does it look like? It's kind of hard to describe. It's just like a little arm that comes off the center. It's and very it's cute. ring-like. Yeah. It's, if you're familiar with ring devices, it's very, um, it's curvy. It wouldn't surprise you that it's a ring if you saw it, but yeah. it's, you know. So anyway, the ring car cam won't work on every car. Uh, you have to have an OBD2 port and uh, you have Ooh, to. Uh, really? And it must be accessible for the adapter plug and a USB-C cable. So oh, they're tiny and OBD. Yeah. I get it for power, but like, I, dude, I, I already know. got, I got two dongles hanging off of what we do already. You know what I'm saying? I got a, I got a Derringer. I got a Nine Edge. So got a I didn't do monster. that on the Blackview. I, I wired it directly to the fuse box with fuse taps, and sure. it's good to go. And now the Blackview one is nice. So just like the Blackview, you have to add a battery to it to keep it so park mode works, and it has a jiggle sensor if somebody backs into you in a parking lot, and it'll do up to 30 hours the battery pack. I didn't do any of that. I'm just doing the while I'm driving. Right, grab some off-road videos, see any wacky things that happen in front of me, whatever. Like those kind of dash cameras, this one also will start recording in a parking lot if somebody bumps into you and all that good stuff. So anyway, if you're looking for what seems to be a more simple approach to a dash cam, you might want to go to uh, to Ring and uh, check out their uh, their new Ring Car Cam. And if you go to Amazon.com, uh, it's one ninety nine ninety nine right now. Uh, just type in Ring Car Cam. So I am cool. interested. I actually have been looking for something like that for the TRX, but yep. I I can't give up. I've already got a splitter. Yeah, I didn't want to go through my OBD. Uh, uh, OBD, board, yeah. So I, I, I think they're watch. discounting how many people actually have any truck. He's got amp steps. You know, yeah, but they, they're not they, looking got, for enthusiasts. They're looking for the you know, I know ninety percent of people that yeah, you know, drive a Camry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, well, that's uh, that's it for news this week. Uh, I would like to regale you now with some uh, emails. You email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. All right, who's going first? I'll go. Got one. Uh, oh, hold on. I got to turn this down. No, just you're good. Let it go. Bow, bow. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. It's over. All right. It's uh, over. Go. Our buddy Lars uh, wrote in and he said, hey, fellas, podcast app says unable to play. Same thing as the last one. And he was talking about the Google podcast app. So I went on there and I was able to play it off Google. But we need to hear these things. If you guys are good, your regular deal like Spotify or Google, sometimes it's an upload error. We've had uh, file corruptions in the past. Uh, just hit us up, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get on it and, and check it out right away because uh, we're always on top of that kind of stuff. So if you guys are, are there first uh, Monday morning, it's not working, just shoot us an email or uh, call us on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, and we'll, uh, we'll check it out for you. So uh, thanks, Lars, for uh, for checking in, and uh, thanks for having uh, having her back. New name for a studio. Subject line from uh, Brant Clarkson. Guys, it's simple. 
New studio should be called the Pod Pod. As always, five stars. Does it leave this reviewer cold? Uh, it's it's clever. It's clever. The pod Pod. Clever. Yeah. All right, I'll give him, I'll give him five stars. All right, uh, five star review. Five stars. Don't smash Emmy. Easy. <laughs> All right, I got one here from uh, our buddy RB. He says, uh, Frunk, nay, nay, Ram's upcoming EV pickup truck will have a Fargo front cargo. Uh, Ray says, as I recently posted a reply to a comment on the uh, Stell Power website, Ram should coin a new phrase instead of Frunk because Frunk is Tesla speak, which is old hat and weak sauce. Uh, he's been listening to uh, too much of you, clearly. Yeah. I propose Fargo, which stands for front cargo, which is also in keeping with the legacy uh, series of trucks. If it resonates with you two, feel free to pass on to Mike Koval, Jim Morrison, or any of your other pals at Ram. If it's dorky, just let it die. <laughs> All right, Ray, appreciate that. Uh, this one is uh, titled Jingles from Eric Stevens. Please play the Worky Work Works jingle. Thank you. I think he's referring to the original Inside job because we had fifty of them and we didn't like any of them. That I uh, I labeled that one Joy Division because it reminded me of the eighties band. But now, Joy Division. but now I kind of like it. Maybe you we bring so? it back. You've come well, full circle. Let's play it and find out. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, vroom vroom. The truck show, the truck show. It's time for the inside job. The inside, the inside job. We'll talk to an industry expert about how things are worky work work. The inside job is done now. All of our guests, they have the know-how. On the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Yeah, oh, we, uh, yeah, that was really long. We stopped playing that because of its length. But didn't I ask you to sh- <laughs> just cut that down? Don't no, we have a short I, version? I decided that I couldn't and I didn't. Oh, interesting. Nope. I mean, because I don't hate it. I just hate the length. That's what she said. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is the show, my friends. want to thank Hamza for uh, calling in. He was an amazing guest. Hopefully we'll uh, catch up amazing. with him again. What? It's amazing. Amazing, yeah. Love you guys. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. All right, we got to thank uh, Banks for loaning us uh, a podcast studio, a conference room for uh, this episode, possibly a couple more before we fully move into our uh, our new space. So, special uh, shout out to Mr. Gail Banks for uh, allowing us uh, to hang out here and do this. And uh, you should go buy a bunch of Banks products, BanksPower.com, or slide on into uh, Lightning's DM at LBC Lightning. And, of course, a special shout-out to Nissan for allowing us to uh, have the uh, the privilege of driving a Nissan Titan XD Platinum Reserve 4x4. It's been a, you're, uh, you're driving me home in that, yeah. aren't you? Been a, been a great truck to uh, drive around. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. You can uh, check out the Nissan Drive at Home program. You can uh, go check out the Nissan Frontier, NissanUSA.com. And, of course, if you want to reach us, 
at LBC Lightning, at Sean P. Holman, at Truck Show Podcast. we got a lot going on. Uh, more to come, but uh, we appreciate all of you, and thanks for sticking with us here on our second episode of Season 2. That's pretty amazing. I did the whole thing. I didn't mess up once. I just kept going because I knew if I, I let you, we was gonna, du- was, we're going to be done. Because what you guys don't know, if, if, if Holman screws up and the music is playing, we got to redo it. <laughs> what do you mean if Holman screws up? I don't ever screw up when I'm over the music. I don't. Sure. No, it's because it's like my old radio days. Uh-huh. You know, I just, once you hear that music, you got to hit the post. Yeah, what you, you know? do is you like end it, fade it quicker so that it's out so that you don't have to do That's it over the exactly bed. exactly right. I know. I know I your just, tricks over there across go. the table. <laughs> no, exactly what's happening over there. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, that, was, that was a great show, I think. I think without Hamza, it would have sucked. <laughs> Why? Because it was us? <laughs> yeah, just us. <laughs> uh, well, I'm ready for uh, not chili dogs. I don't no. think I can do those two days in a row. The only thing on the way at this hour, ooh. so In there is a Wendy's, an In-N-Out, and in outs the wrong way. Jack in the Box. Nope. The Jimmy John's is closed. The Jersey Mike's is closed. It's like, uh, oh, and you know what else is closed? Oh, bummer. The uh, Farmer, Farmer Boys. Boys closed. I know. The other day when uh, I came up here to meet with Gail, I stopped at the Farmer Boys. Oh, did you? Yeah, solid. Farmer Boys is always yeah, good. Always good. Yeah. And we're, we're booking it. There's one up here and one down there. Like, uh, yeah, we got two farmer boys within like a half mile. Lucky you. Yeah. All as right. As far as uh, now, uh, in and out it is. There's a McDonald's. Nope. No. No. <sighs> then what else? We got nothing. I mean, there's I not even a Del Taco I around would just, here. Uh, here's what I'm worried about. What? I'm worried about us withering away. <laughs> are you now? Yeah. <laughs> there's a million taco joints that are open late, but. Oh, it is Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Enough of the show. Let's go eat tacos. See ya. Tacos are always good. Goodbye. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. You love a taco so much you can't stop, bro. Can't resist the taco. Now you're in Chaco. Cause you ate your taco, but it's all okay though. Flavor's so good that it took you to the top, oh.